Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Always. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to another edition of Monday Night Master Debaters brought to you by the Great Deception Podcast. And of course, you know the drill. You can listen to all of these uh, chats basically a day after we have them uh, or, you know, even sometimes the same day over there at the Great Deceptions feed. Um, great podcast. If you haven't heard of it. You ought to go check it out. Now, I do the same thing here just a week later, and with this one, we had a great chat, as always. We talked with One Thumb L of the Speed Bumps podcast, and then Andrew uh, from Politics and Punk Rock. And, you know, th those two people are really great, and we also had a non-podcaster hop on and share her thoughts on whatever we were talking about. And her name's Leslie, and she's a really, really sweet lady. Uh, follower of all of these different podcasts and a follower of, of truth, right? I mean, like we're all just trying to find what we believe to be real. And I think that anytime people are interested in pursuing truth, you know, the, I think that these people have really important things to say. And it's fun to listen to people that don't podcast and don't talk about all this stuff constantly, right? Now, I've been doing a lot of work trying to get a nice episode together on black magic and how how significant that role is in politics. You see a lot of these weird practices, right? You see people at the highest levels of society acting very differently than you and I do. And I'm not saying that your commoner doesn't ever practice black magic um, or low magic or baneful magic as some of the SJW uh, sorcerers and witches like to call it. Uh, black magic is no longer appropriate, so let's call it by what they want us to call it, which is baneful magic, okay? You don't want to hurt people's feelings when you're casting spells. See, this is what's really interesting to me about this. And like I said, I'm doing a full episode on it. It's very interesting to me that these people are willing to bend reality to their whims, but they don't want to offend anyone doing it. Okay, I think that this is a really shitty, horribly marketed way for virgins and for really, really ugly women who probably stink a little bit to um, to try and and, you know, get this community going of, you know, let's just go out and in nature and let's not shave. Uh, you know, men want us to shave our armpits. That's bullshit. We're not going to do that. Uh, we're going to live life by our own rules and we're going to, um, you know, put some hexes on people and, you know, try and carry out our will. But, you know, we don't want to offend black people by calling it black magic. Blackness is associated with negativity from the days of the colonists and uh, 
uh, or I should say the colonial days. It's um, it's fucking goofy to me. You guys are doing some really shady shit. Be a little offensive about it. You know, you might get more people because the people that are attracted to this black magic as a whole are not very coherent when it comes to reality. They don't really know exactly what the hell's going on in front of them, much less in the spiritual realm. Okay, so these are the types of people, the caliber of people that are that are, you know, attracted to Wiccan and uh, different types of magic. Uh, they're not very smart. And I think that you guys might want to rebrand a little bit. And uh, I mean, there is this one thing which I'm going to get into in my next episode, Waft, uh, which is against fascist totalitarianism. And I actually talked about that a little bit on the current Monday Night Master Debaters with uh, Matt and Ron. Now, and, and this is Ron Weed of the Imaginarium of Thought podcast. So that's not in this episode. This is in the current episode that is on the Great Deceptions feed. Black magic is very prevalent, right? And this waft, uh, which is against fascist totalitarianism, we're just branding very shitty, I think, to try and get all of the women that said, like, I, I stand with her, right? Marina Abramovich, who... I think actually is somewhat of a witch. I think, uh, you know, realistically, she does know some kind of shit where she can cast spells and she has an aura about her, which I tend to think is very negative, but she does a good job. And I think that she's more authentic than some of these bitches in L.A. that are, uh, you know, trying to just fight the fascists. And they're fighting the fascists by siding with the Democratic Party of the United States. It, it just, it, I mean, it, it all falls together. None of it makes sense. Uh, it, but it, when I say it falls together, it, it, it makes sense in the sense that, you know, these people that are virtue signaling trying to simply say, um, you know, witches come together and let's go against this, this evil guy, this Donald Trump. He's a bad guy, but let's tap into witchcraft, which is all good. There's nothing bad about witchcraft. And let's fight against this dude. And let's go behind Hillary Clinton, who doesn't seem to do anything wrong, according to the witches. It's very, very interesting. So you'll see a lot of this paradoxical thinking. And that, again, is part of black magic. And one aspect of black magic that I want to get into here today with you, just briefly, is referred to as Palo. P-A-L-O, if you want to look this up. And specifically Palo Monte and a different variation that is practiced um, by this character, Adolfo Constanza, and he's got a very interesting story. I find his, his whole situation very, very interesting. Part of the, um, narco, uh, what are the, the narco Satanists. And what these people do is they basically, uh, pray to demons and pray to dark spirits in order to ensure that their shipments of drug trafficking, uh, and human trafficking, you know, which is they're tied in together big time. They they pray to these demons and these dark forces to ensure that their shipments arrive safely. Now, when you're praying for money or when you're praying for uh, any type of greed or, uh, you know, something negative like drugs widely, I mean, cocaine and marijuana are viewed as negatives in the spiritual sense now, again, you know, I don't like the spiritual talk or the I, I like the spiritual talk. I don't like the push for spirituality. 
and you have um, people saying that marijuana is an illegal way to access the spiritual realm. And I haven't heard one stoner or one, uh, you know, weed smoker or anything argue credibly that that's not the case. Um, there's there's a real bad name on alcohol, and, and you know that's why they call it spirits. And it's like, yeah, why do they? Why do you think they call it spirits? I don't know. Um, I think that some of these things can be good for some people, and some of these things can be bad for others, right? Uh, weed works for some people, and they're able to be very productive. But I think that all of these things um, could potentially have harmful effects in different hands. So it's something to think about, and it's it's definitely very interesting. But getting into this Palo, it is an African religion that developed in Cuba, and it mixes the Congo religion with, of Central Africa along with some Roman Catholic ideology. Really, really weird stuff. They believe in black magic. They believe in praying to dark forces in order to carry out their preferred task or, it, you know, getting getting this negative energy involved with what you're doing is more powerful than it is with white energy. And this is why, uh, you know, the drug dealers of Mexico and the cartels, they pray to some of these dark forces and they have some success with that. Now, I don't know if if we can accredit their success to government corruption or black magic. I think they are one in the same. But at the same time, is there some real world tangible things that we can see going on? Um, like the government of Mexico turning their head and maybe even the government of the United States. I know a lot of people don't want to think that. Not in this community, but a lot of people outside of it would want to believe that the United States government has our best interest in mind. That's why they're so eager to trust them. Now, I'm going to get into the story of Adolfo, but I want to kind of talk about the most significant part of Palo, which is the Nanga, okay? Now, the Nanga is is um, basically a cauldron with all kinds of different vessels inside. And I'm going to read directly here um, about what the Nanga is, and then I'm going to get into the story. I just find the understanding of the Nanga is significant when it comes to Adolfo Constanza's story. So um, check this out real quick here. So it says a key role in Palo is played by a vessel, sometimes a clay pot or a gourd, and at other times an iron pot or a cauldron, which is often wrapped tightly in heavy chains. This is the Nanga, a term which in Central Africa referred to a man who oversaw religious rituals. So instead of a man, this is a pot. The Nanga is a pot representing a man, right? It's also known as the prenda, a Spanish term meaning treasure or jewel. And it's alternatively sometimes called el brujo, which means the sorcerer. Bruja is witch. Brujo is uh, is a sorcerer, right? A male witch. Um, or the consuela, which is a small portable version. Uh, and this is termed the Kunto, um, uh, I think, or Nuto. It's K. It's N-K-U-T-O. I don't know. I can pronounce Spanish shit. I can't pronounce some of these African words. Um, but the terms prenda and nanga designate not only the vessel, but also the spirit believed to inhabit it. The practitioners are termed the perros or the dogs or the, cra the criados, the servants. 
of the Nanga. So you have the dogs, which are the practitioners, and then also the servants, which obviously would serve whoever is um, captured inside this Nanga. And that'll make a little more sense here in just a second. Now, the contents of the Nanga are termed the fundamento. A key ingredient in these are sticks. There's 28 usually, and these are termed palos. So this is where the religion and the practice actually gets its name from these 28 sticks stuck inside this cauldron, which are uh, selected from specific trees. Uh, I heard the sene tree is a, is a significant uh, aspect of this whole thing, and I'll uh, read a little bit about that here in uh, Adolfo's story. Uh, but the choice of the tree selected indicates the sect of Palo involved. Human bones will also typically be included, if possible, including a skull, termed the kiyumba. If bones of a deceased person are unavailable, then soil from a dead individual's grave may suffice. Other material added can include animal bones, shells, plants, gemstones, coins, razor blades, knives, padlocks, blood, wax, uh, liquor, wine, quicksilver, and spices. Soil from various locations is added, including from a graveyard, a hospital, a prison, and a market, as may water from a river or sea. Often the quantity of material will spill out from the cauldron itself and be arranged around it, sometimes taking up a whole room. The mix of items produces a strong, putrid odor and attracts insects. So the insects are used in the ritual as well. Sometimes they'll throw the carcasses of these insects inside of the, um, the, the nanga. A lot of scorpions, a lot of spiders will be used uh, for different reasons. Uh, I'm not, you know aware of the specifics but different animals have different effects later on this adolfo guy he uses um chickens in rituals boa constrictors zebras believe it or not lion cubs goats all kinds of different things uh for different um you know rituals that they want to carry out but back to this here um in palo it's believed that the spirit of the dead individual resides in the nanga and this becomes uh, a slave to the owner. So you have the servant and the owner, right? That perro, the dog, and the, um, the, the servant itself. And this is an interesting relationship between these two things, right? I don't, know, I don't really fully understand why they would call the master of this whole thing a dog. Maybe it's because it would be the inverse of God, but that's only in English, right? Obviously, P-E-R-R-O is not necessarily anything significant that I know of in any other religion. What would that be? Orep? I don't know. I, I don't see any significance there because I do know that, you know, Satanists like to invert things, um, take what's up and make it down. That could have something, but I know that, you know, there's the whole idea of the hellhound. That to me is something very uh, mysterious. I don't fully understand that at all. But um, with this Nanga, it can both heal and harm. Those nanga intended for use of good uh, undergoes a baptism ceremony and are termed Christiana or Christian. And those intended for malevolent ends are left unbaptized and are called uh, Judea or Jewish. So you have, yeah, I'm not making this up. It sounds like uh, with this, the kind of shit that I say, I'm just fucking saying this. The positive would be Christian and the negative would be Jewish. Now, this is very interesting because of the Judeo-Christian 
ideology. According to this, that would represent some sense of duality, the evil side being first, right? Judeo, Jewish, Christian. It's very weird, right? I don't I don't know if it's significant to the the reasoning behind calling that whole ideology the Judeo-Christian foundations of the United States, all that shit. Um, there's definitely an alliance between the United States and Israel, which has done a lot of harm. But um, the duality there is very interesting in this whole, um, you know, way of belief within Palo. Now, the latter here, that Jewish version of this, would be used for trabajos malignos or harmful work, right? Uh, malignos obviously meaning harmful, trabajos meaning work. Um, the boundaries between the two types of nanga are not always wholly fixed because the baptized naga can still be used for harmful work on rare occasions. This is the idea of black magic posing as white magic. White magic rarely poses as black magic. The medical anthropologist Johann Wedel, W-E-D-E-L, noted that most of the Poleros or Poleras, the practitioners of, pa of uh, Palo, had encountered, um, that he had encountered during the 1990s claimed that unbaptized nangas are very uncommon by then. So they, they're not really using these unbaptized versions of these nangas. The nanga is kept in a domestic sanctum, and the, uh, this is the munaso, sorry, the munaso, which is typically formed in a cellar or a shed in the practitioner's backyard. Now, of course, this can be done in a designated room, but when an individual practices both Palo and Santeria, they typically keep the spirit vessels of the respective traditions separate in different rooms. The Nanga is f supposedly, quote unquote here, fed with blood from sacrificed male animals specifically, and this is poured into the cauldron. Species used for that purpose include dogs, pigs, goats, uh, cockerels, which I'm not sure what the fuck that is. This helps maintain the Nanga's power and validity and ensures some sort of like reciprocal relationship with the practitioner. On at least one occasion, the Polero or Polero will give the Nanga some of their own blood. But this is what's interesting here is the guy that I'm about to get into actually made a habit of feeding his Nanga with human blood, other humans. And supposedly, once you give this thing human blood, it wants nothing other than that. So no chicken blood will suffice. No other animal's blood will uh, take the place of human blood once it tastes that. So, again, it sounds goofy. It sounds woo-woo-y. But um, people have had some serious results practicing this. And I, I definitely put validity into it. I don't recommend anyone try it. But I think that there is something to this dark energy. And I think that it's much, much easier for people to use the darkness to gain things than it is for light. Um, you know, if I'm sitting here and I'm trying to enact some black magic, I'm going to get a lot more results without the education as I would with white magic. I think that white magic is much more difficult. And I've actually been seeing in my research that it's not as strong, not as um, tangible as black magic would be. So that's something kind of interesting there. Offerings of food and tobacco are also placed before it. They don't put the tobacco or food inside. They'll set it in front. Now, um, almost done with this section of this, and then I'm going to get into our weird story here. The making of a nanga is a complex procedure. Its components must take place at specific times during the day and month. A Palo practitioner would travel to a graveyard at night, 
There they would focus on a specific grave and seek to communicate with the spirit of the dead person buried there, typically through divination. They then determined to create a trata or a pack, and uh, so it's like a treaty, right, um, with the spirit, whereby the uh, latter agrees to become the servant of the practitioner. And once they believe that they have the consent of the spirit, the palero will dig up the bones of the deceased or at least collect the soil from their grave and take it back home. There, they will perform rituals to instill this spirit inside their nanga. When a new nanga is created, it is described as having been, quote, born from a, quote, mother nanga. So nangas can, uh, again, they, these things are treated like people with souls and they can therefore reproduce. It's wild. Um, again, this is stemming from Africa, but really kind of born in Cuba. So it's the, the African influence of the, the dark magic over there from Nigeria and places like this that has, has, you know, carried the torch, so to speak, over to Cuba. You see a lot of this going on in Puerto Rico. Um, you see a lot of Santeria being practiced all throughout those, those little uh, Latin countries. So then the practitioner enters a pact with the spirit of the Nanga in a ritual involving them contacting the latter using divination and trance. Now this trance will last for some time and the Nanga is then buried either in a cemetery or a monte area of nature. And after some time, it is recovered. And then when the practitioner dies, their Nanga may be dissembled if it is believed that the inhabiting Fumbi refuses to serve anyone else. The Fumbi obviously, uh, you know, referring to whoever is trapped inside the Nanga. So apparently this all has to do with consent. It's um, sort of displayed as being something that is, is widely positive. They, they act like this is white magic. It's clearly black magic. Um, you're putting human bones inside of this thing. You're talking with the dead. You're, you're doing some really dark shit. I don't see anything light or positive about that unless they're taking the light and making it the same way that Lucifer represents light in a lot of this stuff. I think that this is absolutely 100% black magic, though. So, um, Paulo teaches that uh, menstruating women should be kept away from the Nanga for their presence. Uh, th this presence would, would weaken the Nanga's spirit, I guess. It would uh, smell the blood. Um, as gross as that sounds, it would smell the blood and it would um, be distracted from its goal. It's also explained that the Nanga's thirst for blood would cause the women to bleed excessively causing her harm so keep those menstruating women away from the nangas now it sounds crazy it sounds it sounds like uh you know how many influential people could practice this why well, i honestly do think a lot of people practice this especially high up society uh elite now i'm gonna get into this narco satanist cult here a little bit the uh matamoros cult led by adolfo constanza now he was born in the 60s in Florida to a 15-year-old mother, and his mother taught him Palo Mayumbo, which is kind of like this Santeria stuff again. Now, lots of animal sacrifices for different entities and different goals would be present in his early teachings of this whole thing. A lot of the teachings are passed down by word only, so we don't know much about the practices. A lot of the things that we got 
um, are directly from like his own like journals um, and then other people that are willing to share some of the practices, but who knows how accurate they really are. Now, um, it's really interesting to see how this dude grew up. Um, all of his teachings are passed down by word. Um, all of the things that he learned were directly from his mom. And he actually has been quoted saying that his first ever memory was uh, that of a gurgling sound of a chicken slit throat. That's the first thing that this guy, this guy remembers as a kid. He's dead now. Um, but, you know, this is this is according to his own words. Now, I found it really interesting looking into him and his family history a little bit that they would vacation to Haiti a lot. So obviously a lot of voodoo, a lot of really dark practices in Haiti there. He was definitely influenced by what he saw in Haiti and potentially he was coached from an early, early age to be uh, even earlier than we think, because I mean, it's confirmed that he was con uh, taught from like an early like preteen but possibly even as like a very very young child so um they would go to these occult meetings together him and his mom and the leader of these meetings in this particular cult that he was introduced to at a young age um told adolfo's mom that he was this chosen type figure he was he was more powerful than most of the other people that were attending these polo rituals so they start focusing on trying to evolve his craft and get him to to be as uh, powerful as he could potentially be. And he was raised really strictly to be straight. These people, Paulo looks down heavily on gay people, big time. Um, at least they say that. Now, we see that a lot in Middle East as well. But, uh, you know, they say women are for breeding and men are for pleasure, right? Or boys are for pleasure. So it's tough to say exactly how they feel about this i think in a lot of the occult you see a lot of homosexuality and a lot of bisexuality and it is kind of interesting to see later in his life he has a specific man lover and a specific woman lover who i mean he considers it to be like this love triangle the two of them are not allowed to have any kind of sexual uh engagement with one another but depending on if Adolfo wants to sleep with a man, he has his man. And if he wants to sleep with a woman, he sleeps with a woman. So um, this this same woman. So very interesting. Um, seems to be a little bit more of that duality there, which is present throughout this dude's life. And so you also got to think about how his social life would have been as a child, right? If he's told from a young age that he's a Polero, he's a high wizard of Palo, he is going to be an outcast. He's kind of going around thinking that he's the shit. It's kind of like how Israel says they're the chosen people of God, and that whole entire region hates them because they say that. If you go around thinking that you're better than everybody else, you're going to be looked down on by all those people that you think you're better than, and it just makes sense. Now, he was always told he was the chosen one, so you can't blame him for thinking that, told by many adults that he looks up to that he is the shit. He was raised to believe sacrifice was okay as well. He thought that mostly animals were good to sacrifice, but they view non-believers in Palo as nothing more than animals. So you can sacrifice people that don't believe in Palo. And he goes on to do a lot of that. So he saw his mom practicing a lot of this, you know, lower level Palo, um, a lot of dark magic in their childhood home. And this I actually kind of like. This is kind of funny. When she would argue with neighbors, um, she would cut the heads off of chickens, 
put the uh, chicken's head in a red cloth, bury that, and then put the deca- decapitated chicken on the uh, you know bitchy neighbor's doorstep. I'm not against that. I think it's sad that a chicken had to get wasted. But, you know, hey, uh, fucking fuck around and find out, you know. Why don't you leave the lady alone? Let her do her weird shit in peace. Now, when Adolfo was a uh, good kid, he would get gifted by his mom some live animal, usually a chicken, maybe a puppy, as shitty as that is, um, and he would get to sacrifice it. Now, this trained him that, again, sacrifice is good uh, following the leader, which is his mom at the time, is good. And you can tie those two things together. And he was told, too, that um, smelling that blood and smelling death, right? They had rotting animals all throughout their house. They would just leave the animals dead on their floor. Smelling that was meant to help him channel his magic and his, uh, his wishes during his rituals would come true. And he associated that smell of the death surrounded by him as a sense of power. So he craves the smell. He craves the smell of dead animals, rotting flesh, coagulating blood. He craves this smell. And it is interesting to think too, when they'd leave rental properties, um, the owners would report that they would see just horrors in their houses. They would see, again, coagulated blood, piles of small dead animals just in the living area, right? Um, Constanzo Adolfo, I should say, he goes on later to have his own properties and he does not treat his house the same way his mother did. He has a specific room uh, or he has an area outside where he carries his rituals out and his houses were actually very nicely kept. So uh, he probably subconsciously didn't really enjoy this as much as we're told. So interesting shit for sure. And it is kind of crazy on one occasion when uh, they were evicted, the mom had 27 live animals in the home that were being prepared for some sort of sacrificial ritual. So clearly, I mean, if you've got 27 for one sacrifice and these animals are oftentimes being stored in the home, it's smelling horrible. And that's probably why they also got evicted from a lot of places is because neighbors would complain of the stench. So fucking gross and and wild to think about. Um, imagine how that would make you feel too, growing up in a setting like that, where you're constantly surrounded by death. You're being told that you're chosen. I think a lot of us would go down the same path as this guy. And I'm not excusing his behavior, um, but I'm saying that he was groomed by his mother and other powerful, uh, people in this religion that, you know, I don't, I, I can't blame the guy for going down this path, but he did take it to levels that were further than any of them did. He was taught by his mentor um, to use his gift to make money from an early age, right? He'd use his nanga um, and, and he would watch people use their own nangas before he was able to have his own. Uh, he'd watch them and and learn how to capitalize and how to monetize these different aspects of this religion. So he would tell people, you know, make predictions and he would do all kinds of really interesting things for people. And a lot of this shit seemed to come true, which I don't know if he had some inside knowledge or if he said these things so vague that it made sense to people, right? I mean, you see these people on TV uh, sitting there saying, you know, I'm, I'm picking up someone with uh, the, the their loved one that's lost, has the letter G 
in their name. And then someone stands up. It's like, yeah, that's probably my uncle Greg or whatever, you know. I don't know if he's doing that or if he is dead on, but he seems to be really convincing these people with uh, a predisposition to approving of what he's talking about. Seems to really have a way with these people. So in 1983, he was prepared for his final ascension in this cult by his mentor, by his godfather. And he had to bathe in sacred herbs for weeks. He had to sleep under the sacred Seba tree uh, for seven nights all alone, right? Which is probably pretty scary for a, a young child or, a, you know, maybe a teenager. Uh, but he, again, he's raised around this darkness. It's kind of like Bane, right? He's born in the darkness. So this is not crazy to him. This is just how he lives. Uh, this one's weird, too. Before this ritual, he had to uh, bury white clothes in a gravesite for three weeks and then dig those clothes up and wear them around town. And obviously, he smells like death in this uh, scenario here. And he gave daily thanks to this entity named uh, Kadiam Bembe, which is basically this uh, Apollo's version of the devil. Now, once he had completed all this prerequisite shit for this ritual, he went through that initiation. He had to give over his soul to this padrino, to his grandfather, or his, his godfather, excuse me. Um, he was brushed with branches of the same seba tree that he slept under. Uh, he was rubbed down with a live chicken, blindfolded, and then the uh, godfather summons souls and slits the chicken's throat over this dude's forehead. Now, once this guy is uh, Adolfo, once he's soaked in blood, he took a uh, the uh, padrino took a knife covered in gunpowder, threw it in a fire. And there's like this little mini explosion at that point. Pulls the knife out of the fire, carves in his sigil, the Godfather's sigil or his initials, into Adolfo's shoulder, and then at that point, after he's relinquished his soul after he's been bled on and all this stuff, he's gifted a polished human tibia bone. This is your shin bone, for those that don't know. The bigger bone in your leg next to the femur. Uh, you got your femur, your kneecap, and then your tibia fibia situation, right? The tibia is that big shin bone. And after that final step, once he's gifted the tibia, he is now Apollo Mayumbo, which is a, a, a grandfather, godfather figure of the religion now he can have his own nanga and he can uh, do some wild shit and he does just that he started his own business went about it very very professionally kept very sanitary compared to his mom uh he would make a lot of these predictions that came true as i said and his shop was set up in the zona rosa which is the pink zone right now there's a lot of prostitutes in this area a big big gay scene which is good for him because he had some uh kind of smothered uh, gay sexual proclivities. And at this point, this is when he meets with his male and female lover. And this is when he kind of puts them under his wing and he would, um, you know, keep them both around constantly. Uh, he gained more credibility as his client list grew and his followers started growing as well. And he called his followers the believers. So what does that sound like to you? Does that remind you of uh, Justin Bieber calling his people the believers, right? Um, I think they call them the believers, but yeah, no, it's very similar. And he had some pretty cool predictions. Actually, he had a drag queen that came to him after he was beaten very, very badly by a club owner and he didn't supposedly get paid the proper amount. 
so he goes to the drag queen goes to Adolfo and wants tenfold revenge on this guy. So the drag queen is charged five hundred dollars and Adolfo decapitates a chicken, stuffs the head of the chicken inside the, of this little doll and then puts the corpse of that chicken on the man who beat the trannies uh, or the, the drag queen's doorstep and um, writes letters in blood with a, a threatening undertone to this dude. And a month later, this man actually dies of a heart attack. So he wasn't murdered. There was no nefarious shit that could have been, um, you know, perpetuated on the dude. Maybe he was slipped some sort of drug that made him have the heart attack, but it's not not claimed. So that's kind of wild, right? Saying that, you know, come to me if you're beaten or whatever, and I'll 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 kill your fucking abuser here. That was one that he had, and then uh, this one I I actually like a lot uh, personally. I think this is very interesting. Um, because you can't predict necessarily something like what happens here. One of his really wealthy followers was a real estate agent who wasn't very good at his job. I guess um, he was actually kind of going down the shit or he had a prosperous career and then started kind of falling apart. This real estate agent goes to Adolfo, says, um, you know, I need some help. I only have a little bit of money left. And I want to um, turn it into more money, which is an aspect of magic. Adolfo tells him to buy this really shitty piece of property. The guy's very skeptical, but he buys it. And uh, very shortly after he buys this, the infamous 1985 earthquake in Mexico City happens. And the Mexican government buys this little piece of shitty property from this real estate agent for a massive profit. I think it was like 20 times what he bought it for in, in less than a year. So insane that this guy predicted um, a really, really large, I mean, obviously these things can be chance, but it's a hell of a coincidence for this guy. And, and he came out on top. So he turns into one of his big believers. And Adolfo starts getting cartel members at this point and corrupt federales, the federal police of Mexico, to follow his work and to take his advice on things. And this is when he's introduced the head of the Mexican branch of Interpol. This is the highest law official in Mexico. So drug traffickers start to be introduced to Adolfo and all of these, um, you know, massive, massive influential cartel members as well start talking with this dude. And they liked his spectacle. They liked his violent rituals. They liked watching this stuff. I mean, they like cockfights. They like dogfighting. So they definitely like somebody practicing black magic, violently killing animals, um, whether they be the boa constrictors or the lion cubs or the chickens, right? They liked watching this stuff. So they they get infatuated with his work. And he meets here uh, this Salvador Alcaron. And he is a high-level fed that worked at the border of Mexico and Texas. And Salvador connected really, really quickly with Adolfo because Adolfo named these three personalities that Salvador Alcaron had. This dude had three vertical cuts going down his face. And uh, I'm sorry, two vertical cuts separating his face into three sections. And Salvador believed that he had three personalities, one of a warrior, one of a witch, and one of a murderer. And Adolfo names these three personalities upon seeing him 
And uh, they were just, you know, it was love at first sight for these two. And Salvador uh, uh, introduces him to quite a few different people that grow his career even more. And this is when he meets the Calzada crime family. Okay. Now, Adolfo had to win over the highest member of uh, the crime family. And this is Guillermo Calzada. And Guillermo um, was, was again, he's the head boss. He's, he's controlling all the operations, moving massive amounts of narcotics. And this is where the narco Satanism uh, connection really happens here. A lot of these people are praying and sacrificing animals in order to move their drugs. Now, who are we to say that this is real or that maybe through his DEA connections and through his Interpol connections, uh, Adolfo was able to say, hey, look the other way on this day. I'll give you $5,000. These guys pay me $20,000. Uh, I'll give you a cut. Look the other way, and let's let this ton of, of marijuana pass through or whatever, right? Who knows? This is what is being alleged, but these people believe in these rituals, and they pay a lot of money. On one account, he gets $40,000 over three years from one cartel member uh, trying to move his shit through. Um, from Mexico to the United States by way of Texas. So really, really interesting stuff there. And um, I, I just find this this connection with business, illicit business nonetheless, but business, um, and Satanism so interesting. And I think that we see that a lot in politics today. So I don't want to digress because that's a whole episode that I have, and this is running much longer than I had intended. It's deep. It's very deep shit. So when Adolfo has to win over Guillermo here, he, he wins him over by casting a protection spell over the Calzada family. And this is when Guillermo starts sharing secrets of the drug trade with Adolfo. He's learning the insides of the drug trade from the highest level dude in drug trafficking throughout Mexico. So, I mean, he's learning it from the source. He's also got uh, highest sources on the side of law enforcement. And, you know, this is kind of like a no-duh thing in Mexico, but I, I will venture to say, I'll go out on a limb here and say that this is the same in the United States. High-level drug traffickers here are connected with the highest levels of law enforcement as well, okay? This isn't just in third-world countries like Mexico, um, Haiti, Nigeria. This is probably in the United States and the Western and the first world as well. So keep that in mind here, um, especially when you hear the next episode that, that I'm doing. But Adolfo eventually um, pisses Guillermo off because he wants 50% of all of the shit that Guillermo and the, the family are making. Guy says, fuck no, get out of here. You're done. I don't want to work with you no more. So, you know, later, this dude, Adolfo, starts really messing with his operations, starts saying, uh, basically starts dressing up as a DEA agent and confiscating his drugs and then selling them for, for 100% of the profit, right? And then later, he goes to a couple of his followers and says, we're going to get this motherfucker back for, for, you know, exiling me. He has a real problem with rejection the same way that as a child, he felt rejection when his friends um, or his peers as a kid didn't accept him as the chosen one. He, he relates any kind of disappointment to that time. So he goes and he says, basically, uh, 
you know, let's go, let's go get this dude back. He tells Guillermo that there has been a hex put on his family by a rival magician, and he's willing to, for free, rid him of the curse. And this gullible dude, who seems to be a very savvy businessman, but a big believer in Palo, says, okay, let's do the ritual, rid me of these dark spirits, and, you know, I'll forgive you, and, and I'll bring you back in on what I'm doing. Uh, Adolfo says, sure, let's do it. They get the family together, put them in a circle in the living room. Um, Adolfo has a machete. And during this ritual, they're yelling. Um, Adolfo is pointing at each one of these family members and says, na- he starts naming enemies of the family while pointing at the guy's siblings, the guy's wife, the guy's secretary, his bodyguards, raises up the machete and in pop in two of uh, Adolfo's associates with submachine guns. They blast everybody in the room. Within a matter of seconds, everyone's dead, with the exception of Adolfo and his two buddies. And uh, they clean this room up so fucking well that not one person is able to identify some sort of murder in there. Forensics and DNA teams get in there. They can't prove anything until later when bodies start washing up on shores right and in rivers and uh these people are missing their fucking spinal cords in some circumstances their testicles their fingers and inside their empty fingers the bones are taken out and 20 dollar bills are stuffed in their hands uh rolled up and and so on eyeballs are missing hearts are missing brains are missing and they end up later finding all of this shit fed to adolfo's Nanga, right? That pot with the 28 sticks and the different bones and things in there. It's fucking crazy. And this dude, again, not just some crackpot, right? Yes, maybe a psychopath, but he is literally controlling narcotics moving from Mexico to the United States in massive, massive amounts. I mean, this dude's tied in with crime families there. It's fucking crazy. Now, what gets him caught is killing a um, an American kid, of course, right? This is when people actually care. He kills an American kid. Um, I think his name was Kilroy. Uh, he was killed uh, on spring break in this uh, region of Mexico. And he ends up, you know, the, the, the Kilroy kid had a family member. I think it was an uncle that was connected to either Border Patrol or Customs in the United States through Texas. And uh, so they they hunt this dude down and they find it. And I mean, he was killed brutally. It was very important to Adolfo that anyone that they killed would be killed in brutal fashion. They needed to suffer. And so, you know, while this dude was alive, he would, you know, pull some some he, he killed him with a machete blow to the head. But before that, it was kind of believed that he was tortured and he would do this to a lot of people. So this is grim stuff. It's not the stuff that I like to talk about much, but. It, it lets you know a little bit about the powers of black magic and the way that some of these criminals like to use it to enact their agendas. And what higher criminals are there than those of the United States government? I mean, we see a lot of crime perpetuated by the U.S. government, a lot of agendas and narratives being shaped through black magic. And so I'm going to be getting into that in a... In a the very next episode here, um, human trafficking is huge. Again, you know, I kind of talked a lot about drug trafficking. 
there are a lot of people that do the drug trafficking also doing the human trafficking. It's the same group of people here. So um, I hope that that this kind of was a good tease. Um, I have some wild stuff that I found when it comes to black magic and how it's used in the United States government and governments all around the world, really. I mean, Nigeria, again, Haiti, places like this use a lot of this stuff. And the story of this Adolfo Constanza is, is just the tip of the iceberg with a lot of this stuff. It is much more widely practiced than any of us would like to believe. So with that being said, guys, going to roll into this. Support the show on Patreon. Going to talk about some more of this weird, wild shit that uh, I've been a conspiracy guy for most of my adult life. Uh, really all of my adult life. I started being a conspiracy theorist as like a 16, 17, ah, 15 year old, really. Eighth grade is when it started. So what's that? 13? Shit. Longer than I thought. Oh, let's put it this way. I've been a conspiracy theorist longer than I haven't been one. And um, I hadn't heard of this dude. It doesn't mean that you guys hadn't. And I'm leaving out a lot. Uh, there's only so much you can go on about this dude and about Paulo in an hour. I, this was meant to be 30 minutes, but it is something very interesting to me. Um, going to be talking about it a lot more. And I think that it is also shaping that one world religion. So I've been talking about that constantly. Going to get into it more, guys. So enjoy this episode with One Thumb L, Andrew for America, and also Leslie, of course, myself, and Matt, the host of the show. And uh, subscribe to Not Only Dangerous World, and don't only leave five-star reviews here with funny comments. Uh, do the same thing on the Great Deceptions feed because it is uh, a great show, and the guy's doing good work over there. So support that. And thank you so much for listening to this long intro. I hope you found some something uh, interesting here. Don't go practicing black magic, okay? You get caught. I think a lot of people end up uh, paying the piper big time on these kinds of things. So thanks for that, guys. Enjoy this episode with these awesome people. And until next time, enjoy this one. And welcome to another Monday Night Master Debaters. It's the last one of July. I can't believe how fast time's flying, man. We're almost through summer already. Labor Day's around the corner. But we have another great panel tonight. So you guys are in for another entertaining discussion here. Back as always. Ryan, how's it going, buddy? Good, dude. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. It'll be uh, nice to get a couple of ladies involved. And then Andrew's always fun to talk <laughs> with as well. So this will be this will be pretty sweet. Yes. And returning again, Andrew from the uh politics or punk rock and politics politics and punk rock i always get it backwards sorry buddy you got it on you your shirt all the time too i know i can't <laughs> read backwards <laughs> though <laughs> yeah uh, i'm glad to be back i'm always excited to be on the show and i'm actually hardwired in this time so i'm not going to be the glitching cutting out a-hole once again so positive <laughs> good. moving forward moving the forward. best part about that was, was learning as tech. soon as you started talking Right. As soon as you had something important to say, it just fizzled out. The rest of the time we saw you in all your glory, but it was a great chat. I listened back to it a couple of times and I was like, oh, dude, no Wi-Fi. Dear <laughs> podcasters, Wi-Fi is not your friend. Do not hardwire 100 percent of the time, yep. all the time. So, yeah. Glad to be Man, back. I'm going to lie. Glad I'm to on meet new people. <laughs> and we all have right. L well, good from Wi-Fi, the Speed Bumps podcast. L, how are you, hon? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm uh, so happy to have you on and uh, looking forward to tonight. I 
I'm doing good. How's everything going in your worlds? I have something crazy that kind of happened today. Fire away. This is the perfect platform. <laughs> so uh, I'm supposed to see a cardiologist every year or so because I had the open heart surgery thing when I was a baby. And I haven't seen them in two and a half years because they want you to wear the masks, right? So I'd been calling and like hoping they're going to change their policy, like trying to be nice, everything like that. And finally, I was like, listen, I can't wear a mask. I was raped. Can I please have an exception? And they're like, only if you prove that you were, and then we will, and then we'll consider it. And I was like, I hate you all. What? Wow. wow. We are diving That's in. Just let's 100%. Let's go. <laughs> wow. And, and what, so what would verify as proof? I would have to get a doctor's note stating not only that I was, but that I have PTSD from it. And because I have PTSD from it, I can't wear a mask. And I'm like, I literally told them, I was like, I was choked. I can't have anything restrict my airflow. And they're like, well, we need a doctor's note saying that. That's insanity. Is that true, by the way? What? Like the, the story, the rape thing? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I was raped when I was 16. Horrible. Sorry to hear that. that oh, was... it like, I've gotten mostly over it, but also I shouldn't have to get to a point with a doctor that I'm like, this is why one of the reasons I'm not going to mask. And they're just being assholes. Wow. That's unbelievable unbelievable unbelievable. wow gotta love our system and and they do work right even though it says on the box that they're totally ineffective as to what they're trying to use them for this is just i found it interesting that at no point not not that pcr tests work but at no point was a ptr test offered as a way to prove that i wasn't sick and then i could just come in without a mask that was never offered it was just no you need to prove that you were well we're all sick you got that's that's the world we live in you are we are all sick you know you are just walking around ready to kill people at any moment just by sneezing coughing Mm -hmm. just by breathing yeah maybe touching you know heaven forbid without your rubber gloves yes oh that's awful i'm so hard sorry to hear that that's that's just the world we live in today though it's unbelievable and last but not least i want to welcome another first timer miss leslie how are you good how are you guys Good thanks thank for having you for, me. Oh, Ooh, thanks first for timer. Us. Yes. <laughs> you got to give a crazier story than Ellie's. <laughs> I have a crazy story. Yeah. I have one. Hers sounds horrific, though. I mean, they keep stirring up that trauma. But um, last week I was following this dump truck and a huge boulder bounced out, went on the ground before in front of the car and I thought oh it's too big it's not going to bounce and it bounced up coming straight for me and I was going like 80 miles an hour I'm like I'm dead luckily my windshield blocked it and it I mean the whole windshield's broken but it was coming I leaned and I didn't have time to pull over so that was before I talked with you last week Brian and I was like that I would have it would have killed me anyway so that's some final destination shit right there that's what my son said he goes mom it was like that one where the pole comes i said i know shit oh my my life flashed in front of me yeah it's funny you say that because i was behind i was on some back roads coming back from my sister's house today uh, with my son and we're behind one of those old uh like multi-layer car haulers and it's got all these junk cars in it. And I'm watching these things just bounce around. And we're going up and down through windy hills. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, 
what happens if one of these cars just breaks off and I'm right there? I got nowhere to go. I mean, we're in the middle of like wooded areas. I'm going to just wear this thing. And I'm just trying to think to myself, how am I going to try to avoid it? You know, but it's one of those things you don't, you don't think about it till it happens though. And then it's too late. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah. But I survived in my windshield. Thank goodness my windshield held. So anyway. Yeah, you ladies have crazier stories than I think any yeah. of, of us have. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm bringing nothing to the table compared to that. Come on, you guys. I'm trying to think of something crazy that happened to me today at work. I got to pet a dog named Coco. That was kind of cool. That's nice. about it. Aww, that's nothing, sweet. <laughs> nothing happens. That's crazy. I don't want anything crazy to happen. But yeah, that's wild. But um, yeah, I'm I'm interested to hear more about you, L. That uh, I I hadn't heard. Uh, so, what is your business? I, I'm really curious on that. <laughs> So I used to be an infectious disease scientist for big pharma and I left big pharma to pursue holistic medicine and work with essential oils and homeopathy. I make custom essential oil rollers for people because you may hate the smell of lavender, but Leslie, you may love it. And so for something to help you sleep, I'd put it in Leslie's, but not yours, Ryan. So (laughs) it's things like that. Well, what if I like the smell of lavender? You you don't know me. I, I don't. Like I'm just making up a story right now. Okay. Yeah, no, customizable. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And then I add crystals in them too, um, to help with whatever you want: digestion, sleep, stress, pain, whatever, and uh, charge it with Reiki. So, cool. that's dope. Oh, mushrooms. Cool business. No, no, not Reishi. <laughs> Reiki, like energy healing. Oh, that hand stuff. Okay, so I'm really interested on that. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, the hand stuff is. So I've heard that that is like one of those like things from the 80s and 90s that's like a big scam because it came up from that. So, like, I mean, is there some scientific uh, like backing behind that kind of stuff? Yeah. So Reiki is actually an ancient Japanese uh, energy healing technique, and it's been around for centuries. Yeah. Uh, I also do IET, which is called integrated energy therapy, uh, and that was started in like the 90s. But the easiest way I can explain Reiki is, you know, there's radio waves all around you. Because if you turn on a radio, you can hear the different stations, right? Mm -hmm. But if you don't have a radio, you can't hear all the radio stations. And if you cut your hand, your hand is going to heal itself, but maybe you'll help with a band-aid and cleaning the wound. So energy is flowing through you like radio waves. I simply act as a conductor for more radio waves to make sure the energy flowing through you is flowing freely and there's no dams if you like water flowing through, there's no dams blocking it. So I'm not healing you. You are healing you. I'm just making sure there's no blockages. Mm. Interesting. It's cool. Yeah, I've done it. I've done it twice and I loved it the one time. And I think the second time I did it, I don't know that that person didn't, I don't think they two had different very, people or the same person, two different people. And one time I had a really good experience and the next one left me feeling like creeped out and scared. Yeah, it was weird. Now, yeah, what do you use to remove the blockages? I can just see them. So I'm also like, I realized I can do it intuitively, but if you just tell people, Hey, I know how to intuitively do energy healing. It doesn't really work. And plus I wanted to learn. Um, so I can just kind of see it in my mind's eye and whether that's, you know, I go like, uh, grab it and pull it out, but it's, there's nothing physical that you can see, but like I can see it in my mind's eye. If that makes any sense. Yep. Yeah. Cause I was wondering if there was any sort of, you know, frequency involved or any sort of touch involved, or it was all just minds. 
for both, I can do it in person where I'm physically touching you, like, but you're fully closed. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, but I can do distance Reiki and distance IET. So it can be done via both. Does that have anything to do with the gateway process? I'm really interested in this right now from that, uh, old department of defense document. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, the analysis and assessment of the gateway process, but the hologram thing. Is that like the remote viewing thing? Uh, it's, it's all that it's hologram. It's remote viewing. It's an older document that came out. It was public in 2003, but the research was going back in the, I think 1983. Cause that's the one that ties in with the Montauk project. Right. Right. Dude, there's so much to it, man. I was yeah, like, so I, I, interconnected. Yeah. I was going through it. Basically the CIA and the department of defense verified the idea that like manifestation is real. And, um, you know, if you can relax your brain and your nervous system um, deep enough, you can literally like teleport and shit. It's, it's weird. And so I don't know if that's real or not, because if the CIA was saying something that we didn't agree with, we would push back on that big time. But since we're kind of all interested in this kind of occult knowledge, um, we, we get excited when we see something like that coming from the CIA. I don't know if this is just misdirection from them or what because it sounds like x-men shit and then when you pair that up with the princeton research that where they were doing like anomalous research on people bending spoons with their minds and shit like that um it's like is this real or are they just out there kind of you know fucking with us i think it's real to an extent i think just like there's people who are naturally gifted at art there's people who are naturally gifted at seeing auras or uh healing or you know they just they're really good in the kitchen, whatever that natural gift is. Um, but I do think that the CIA or whatever probably tried to exploit it and it didn't work the way that they wanted it to, mm. but it, they made it sound better in the papers. Yeah, it's very interesting. There was one aspect in there, one of the first bullet points in this like 30 page thing that I'm actually going through. I might do an episode on it. It's been done like quite a few times, some work on that. But their idea of um, if you can relax somebody's left side of their brain, you can completely brainwash them because the left side of the brain like absorbs information and then the right side kind of like breaks it down um, and then feeds it out into the universe, I guess, if I'm understanding this right. And um, if you can put that left side of the brain to sleep through media or through frequencies or whatever, um, you can do all kinds of really, really weird shit to people's minds. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot to that for sure. Yeah, and that a, would make sense, thing. right? I mean, if you can manipulate either side of the brain, you're gonna it's gonna cause chaos. And that's that's what they've been trying to do since what World War II, basically. Well, they have, an, they have an invention that does it. It's called the television. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. cell phone. Exactly. I mean, the good old black mirror. The good old, you know. That cold black screen that'd be feeling like home, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, but yeah, it's kind of cool to to you know get to the chance to talk with somebody that went out of the mainstream <laughs> medical system and is is you know figuring out more holistic shit, homeopathic shit, as you say. Yeah, what I'm can, interested in that as well. It's an interesting story. What I can say is I've personally experienced benefits from Reiki and IET. But to Leslie's point, I've also had experiences where Reiki has been done on me. And I'm like, I don't really like that person. Just like 
you walk up to somebody sometimes and you're like, oh, I don't like their vibe or they just get, you get mm-hmm. that itch feeling. Okay. And it can happen when you go for a Reiki and what honestly probably happened to you, Leslie, is that person was going through some of their own shit and didn't mm-hmm. ground properly and you, it rubbed off on you. Well, it was stuff she also said, like she said, oh, you know, I'm in touch with people on the other side. And she just told me, it just felt evil to me. And I couldn't shake it for a long time. Yeah. Just trust your gut. Cause I mean, there's people yeah. who go in there with good intentions. And then there's people who go into these things with bad intentions, just like any profession. And, you know, it, it's just trusting your gut when it comes to stuff like that. Seems to me, right. seems to me like a situation like that. Like it's about the vibe. And if the vibe is wrong, then it's all wrong. You know what I mean? Right. Well, so what about the idea of Christianity? Because I definitely lean towards Christianity. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of other people listening do too. I that it, whenever you're fucking with energies, it seems to the Christian, it seems very dark because more often than not, the devil is going to show themselves. Um, and I'm being progressive here by calling the devil them. I don't want to call him he. <laughs> so themselves, right? Being shown. It seems. It seems like. Um, like I said, the devil shows itself more than God does in this realm that we're living in it seems well i don't know about that i mean because all you have to do is open up your door and look outside and you can see some amazing work that the creator's done you know just go watch the flowers all that shit we don't we take all that for granted we're worried about you know bigger issues i I know what you mean but I, i think that's part of the problem right is we've lost that touch with simplicity and we're not in one with nature anymore we're in this consumer society that's totally out of whack with the way that we should live Mm. and i think that's you know the biggest problem i i think if we were in touch with nature more i think a lot more people would have more faith you know not necessarily religion right because i don't i don't agree with religion but i do heavily believe in faith and and that there is a creator and and all that but if we, I feel like if we got back closer to nature, that that would, you would see that growth automatically, because I think they kind of go hand in hand. And I think our society kind of goes hand in hand and, and was built to separate from God, to, to get rid of religion and, and especially Christianity. Mm. Well, I'm I'm a Christian and maybe because of that experience with the Reiki and then I went to a medium, this was before I became Christian and that left me with some kind of creeped out evil vibes and it took me a long time and I kind of get that feeling sometimes. So I, you know, it seems like you have great intentions, like you said, and you could be probably help a lot of people, but the experiences I had besides that one reiki it it did kind of freak me out and i don't know so so what kind of things do you do to ground l like prior to doing working with someone so it's more for me it's getting in touch with nature because i was raised catholic i was a lutheran sunday school teacher so i understand where both you guys were coming from um and i used to think you know energy healing or whatever either a didn't work or b had to involve demons of some sort so I won't go anywhere near a Ouija board because that just is really stupid. But to ground, it's more about connecting with the earth. And so getting back to Matt's point about just connecting with nature. So everyone's had that feeling where they walk in the sand or in the ocean or in the forest or their grass in their backyard. And 
you feel calmer. And they've actually been scientific studies that show the electrons moving between you and the ground and you literally grounding for lack of a better term. Um, and that's not any religion based, that's science-based. Um, and so for me, when I go to ground, I can't, if I'm in a building working on somebody, I can't be barefoot in the sand, but I imagine roots coming from my feet and going into the earth and connecting with the earth and putting a protective bubble around me. Because when people go for a Reiki or anything, even a massage, you're going because you have a problem. I don't want to get that ick. And I also, if I have any ick on me, I don't want to give it to them. And so that white light, that Christ light, you know, putting a bubble around you, whether it's light or a fire of sorts. Um, I start every session session asking for the highest good and the purest of intentions because I don't want to play in the dark. I don't even want to play in the gray, like don't want anything to do with that. Um, and whether you call it God, source, higher power, creator, Gaia, mother nature, insert name here, to me, they're all the same. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know, man. I noticed it lately a lot too. What we consume greatly affects us, whether it's visually or orally, you know, between the food we take, whatever we're drinking and what we watch on the TV, because I've noticed, or, or even music, when I put on certain music or put on a certain show that has, you know, kind of darker themes, I get that darker feeling in me. And I've noticed lately, you know, in the last two years, I can't watch horror movies or even, you know, some of my favorite old, you know, blood and gore, you know, shoot them up movies. I can't watch them anymore. It just like, I get to a point where I, I can't take anymore and I just have to shut it off. I don't know if any of you are that way, but it's one thing that I've definitely noticed lately is, is the energies affect me a lot more than they ever have before. Yeah. You need balance. I think is what it is. I always tell myself that too much of anything is never good. doesn't matter what it is. And you always got to find a way back to center. However, you know, whatever method we, we use to get there, uh, you need that equilibrium. You need that balance and it doesn't matter what term you use or what you call it. In my opinion, uh, you know, whatever works for you, whatever gets you through the day, you know? Yeah. And it's different for everybody. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't know about oh, yeah, any of you, but I, I can't listen to certain music anymore. Like a lot of, a lot of the heavy metal I used to like, you know, that I used to work out to, I can't listen to it anymore. Any of the like hardcore rap, you know, nineties rap that I used to listen to. I just can't, it doesn't vibe with me anymore. I don't get the feeling yeah. I get, I used to get now it's like, Oh wow, this is dirty. <laughs> Tell me totally you still like, same. like, Tom Petty and Journey and things like that, please. <laughs> oh, of course. Okay. Classic rock. I can't get rid of that. Yeah. And like Southern rock too. From yeah. Oh, you give me some Skinnerd. Okay. I'm, I'm in all day. I get your point though. It's about the energy you're putting out there. Like what kind, you know what I mean? Like what kind of energy are you putting into the world? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, that's why, and I brought this up. I, I talked with, um, uh, ghost in them when when he did his show on friday you know the the cathars they have some wild beliefs dude and i think that that's such an interesting idea that um you know everything that that is on this earth is created by the devil and and the the catholics exterminated these people by the way and so that's why i find their belief system kind of interesting um the ritual of of baptizing 
um, or baptism, I guess, you know, all this stuff is, is evil because you're taking shit that the devil made, right? They believe in dualism. So like God created the spiritual realm. And if we're light beings, like a lot of people like to say, we're not even supposed to be here on this earth. And that's why they, they also believe sex is bad. Um, you know, whether you're married or not. And, and if you're impregnating somebody, you're bringing someone out of that spiritual realm into the physical realm. So again, I, I don't know if I believe in or not. I just find it really interesting. If the devil is literally showing himself in all these things that we think are beautiful, like a sunset or sunrise or, you know, a pretty beach or any of this shit. I, I don't know how much validity I put into it, but it, it's just another way to think about it. And then does that mean that dying is actually a good thing? You know, who knows? It almost seems like that's the, the Satan view, right? The satanic mm -hmm. view. Because that's all Satan is, is the adversary, the opposite, the antithesis, right? So you have everybody thinks, oh, God, this is God's creation. Well, they just believe the opposite. They believe this is the devil's creation. And I can I can see that belief system because every you know everything in this realm seems to boil down to duality. It's like yin yeah. and yang. It's yes and no. It's blue and red. Everything has to be polar almost. It seems in this realm. Yeah. Well, they I mean they, they believe in in Jesus. They're Gnostic Christians. Yep. Um. So they they feel that Jesus came here to tell us all this stuff but his words have been bastardized. You know what I mean? So, and again, I'm not like trying to act like some disciple of the Cathars, but it's just, it seems like something very interesting. Anytime the Catholic church hates a group, I'm very interested in what that group thinks. Well, and what was interesting about the, the Cathars is that the, the Nazis drew a lot from them, but at the same time, the Nazis were in bed with the Vatican also. So it's like, it was, that was a giant contradiction that I found you know, when I started looking up World War II is, is that, you know, then, yeah, they, they were into what the Cathars were spitting out, but at the same time, they were in bed with the, with the Catholics. Dude, I really think that the global elite wanted the Nazis to win, man. I always think that. I think that something <laughs> went wrong in their plan and, and the Nazis lost. Did they? That's what I'm yeah, wondering. Right. Maybe they won. You, you know, <laughs> you know what this reminds me of actually, this, this, this conversation, I was just reading a Manly P. Hall quote. I keep talking about Manly P. Hall. Um, I was just reading this quote and I was getting ready to put it into a show. And what you were just talking about, Ryan, uh, makes me think of it. Let me read this to you real quick. Uh, it's interesting, the point of view he's trying to get across. The occultists and the philosopher are entirely willing to accept the mystical truths of Christianity, for they are part of all truth, all revelation, and all mysteries. What the mystic seeks to escape is not true Christianity, but the contendings of unnumbered jarring sects, S-E-C-T-S, sects, that have theologized Jesus out of existence and put in his place a figure of their own conception. Yeah, I like that? that a lot. I like that. That's Hollywood yeah. in a nutshell. So then, yeah, I mean, it's Andrew, are the fundamentalist Christians right then? Are the ones who don't bastardize anything and they take the gospel verbatim are they then the ones who are correct or is the bible then bastardized and so then no one is correct that's a great question <laughs> i don't with, have an, I I don't have an answer to that that's a fantastic question though yeah i just find it interesting the i can see it from both sides i grew up in the church my mom was my sunday school teacher i was confirmed baptized the whole deal and um i, I don't go to church as much as i used to um 
and it's not because I don't believe in God or a higher power or anything like that. But um, I think my perspective is just uh, I, I, I seek to accept all possible offerings of the story or their story or you know what I mean like I try to be open-minded and and learn from all um proposed paths you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. I guess that's agnostic I don't know if there's any way to prove such a thing but I know that if you believe and if it works for you then hey this country was founded on religious freedom and self-government and I believe in America. <laughs> I believe in the Constitution. I know that. So, so we're told it's founded on that shit. It doesn't seem like allegedly. Exactly. <laughs> That's my whole point. Like, as soon as you learn one thing, you you know, the next day someone will give you some new information. You're like, whoa, what? <laughs> and then you got to reevaluate. It's part of life. But the fact that you can reevaluate so tell me, tells me that you're an intelligent person and you don't just automatically yeah. assume that you're wrong. Or they're wrong. Oh, I seek to be wrong. Like I want, like, like that. because that's just going to send my brain down yet another rabbit hole. And that's just kind of person I am. Yeah. I, I you know, I exercise intellectual honesty. Like I, I want to know, I, you know, I'm a true truth seeker, really. You know what I mean? I and how, what, a, whatever, whatever that means is what that means to me. I think that's being a good critical thinker. I mean, we like to think that, you know, we really think things through and and look at all sides. So anytime something comes out, I never, you know, hook, line and sinker, believe it. I just think, okay, well, this is a possibility. If it resonates with me, I'll research. But like you said, the next day I could, you know, I just try to keep an open mind with all this stuff we're learning. I said in a previous show, I said, uh, I, I, I strive to not be so sure of myself anymore. As soon as I get too on one thing, you know, there, you know, you got to pause and reassess. I think there's a Mark Twain quote somewhere in there, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I, I, exactly. I, I'm trying not to be as sure of myself, no matter how confident I am, no matter how much I've researched it. And I think I know about it. I still like to keep that percentage of, you know, folly or, you know, we're fallible creatures. We're going to make well, it's humility, we right? It's, it's yeah. being able yeah, to humility. admit that yeah. I'm wrong. Right. And that's the biggest problem. The world today. needs more humility. Yeah. Nobody won't, nobody will ever admit that they're wrong or that they could have 100%. misunderstood something. Right. And, and, and are able to change. It's almost like we see change now as weakness. Right. And if someone's opinion changes, well, now they're a shill or whatever term you want to throw out there. And it's like, no, that's part of learning and growth is yeah. being able to consume and adapt, you know, and, yep. and based on your, your best knowledge, go in that path. And a lot of people don't do that. Too many people are based on, you know, they're not going with their gut. They're going with, you know, what clenches the need, that immediate need, that physical need. And, and it's gotten us where we are today. So how do you how do we feel about politicians doing that? Because you know Joe Biden is throwing around the N word left and right in the '60s, and or no, really in the '70s and '80s, 80s. right? Yeah, '80s. Yeah, Robert Byrd's buddy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought it was the '60s because it was like a oh, little me. more normal to talk like that back then. But you know, oh, in the OG '80s, KKK excuse me. The, yeah, in the '80s, and then you know, and then like Hillary Clinton, you know, uh, all this racial racially charged you know bills and things that they're putting into to effect and then they do a 180 pivot and they're like the champion of the black people now well that's what's hilarious remember clinton and gore 
they had a pin that was the Confederate flag and it said vote for Gore, Clinton Gore and whatever it was, 92 or whatever they were running for. Oh, in Arkansas? Yeah. Oh, no, they were running for the presidency. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, well, when Clinton, yeah, when Clinton was running against wasn't Bush. That when, wasn't that when Gore first came out with his climate uh, concern movie video? No, that was <laughs> after he lost to to Junior Bush. Oh yeah, yeah. That's Remember, right. they, is that they, when he said he invented the internet? Oh, you right. took the words out of my mouth. I was like, "Is yeah. this before or after he invented the internet?" Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, this is after that whole hanging Chad. The hanging Chad. Yep. <laughs> and what they did is they just paid him off and said, "Okay, we'll give you billions of dollars. Just claim climate change. All right, tell us the icebergs are melting and shit like that, and <laughs> just make stuff up, and and we'll make you the the czar of climate change." And just give W, you know, Junior the the uh, presidency for the next eight years. Huh. Then they kind of gave that to John Kerry after that. Isn't he the new kind of guy that does that? He took sort the of? second, yeah, allegedly. The second election. Yeah. yeah. With all that. And then they pulled the same thing. They did the swift boat stuff Bones on man. him. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable, man. It's just, it's been a game. And, and the more you look into it, we realize that the presidents aren't elected. They're selected. And and when you realize, you know, the best one is to look at, you know, Bush and Clinton, because they were they were supposed to be the biggest of enemies, yet they were funneling coke together through Arkansas, <laughs> like it was nobody's business. You know, well, so, dude, he was. When was Bush? I'll I'll confirm when Bush was the uh, the head of the CIA. But wasn't it when HW? Yeah, HW wasn't it during the seventies? It was early, yeah. Yeah. It was during it was uh, before the eighties, before Iran Contra. I thought it was and, Nixon, and right? Into... After Nixon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's in the between the seventies and eighties. I'm going to his Wikipedia but, here. But it's well known that HW it's well known that HW Bush and Clinton are like tight friends. Like uh there are people that say that George W was envious of how much HW loved Clinton over his own son <laughs> so. yeah 1976 to 1977 uh january 30th uh yeah so from january to january from 76 to 77 under ford oh it's ford okay hmm. yeah yeah that's interesting because there was a lot of stuff going on with um the bcci bank and then once the bcci bank fell he was actually president so that's a it's a weird dude the bush family is some of the most underrated criminals of all time oh dude they're deep 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 yeah they go way back like the kennedys yeah i i think that dude honestly i think the bushes take the cake as far as like well and actually the pelosi's are pretty fucking crazy too man i'm i'm you know we're (laughs) looking into them and there's some insane stuff i mean there's fake dead brothers that pelosi has there's a lot. I find it hard stuff. to believe anybody can beat the Clintons, though. That body count that... is untouchable, man. That thing is unbelievable. Nobody has that many friends that kill themselves or acquaintances. <laughs> no one. Well, if we're if we're gonna get into the Bushes, I mean, they were friends with the Bin Ladens, so I mean, like, there's quite a few people that killed themselves in Bin Laden's circle. So, I don't know, man. This is just the stuff that we're uh, that we're told about the Clintons. There's some like weird WWE. connections with them too. I, lo- I love the WWE analogy. It's like on screen, we're bitter enemies, but you know, as soon as the camera cameras go off, we're at the uh, club getting wasted together. Best of friends. 
Because they're all making millions off our tax dollars. (laughs) It doesn't matter. They just vote for, again, like you said, for WWE show. In reality, they're just loading their pockets. It's all theater. Anything you see on the screen. So when did taxes stop getting paid? That's my question. Hey, you know, Moral Bob keeps saying that, you know, he keeps calling people tax slaves. And he says, you guys still haven't figured out you don't have to pay taxes yet. What's your problem? I'm like, dude. Teach me. Do tell. I try to. I try to, <laughs> I try to float it out really subliminally. You know that that I, I I echo the same things. I try to. You know I don't. I don't ever come out and say it the same way. But man, dude, masterclass. Charge money. Let's go. I. I, I <laughs> all have, it is is just stop doing it. Well, yeah, yeah but I, I have close, such yeah. little faith in the American people because I go out. I went outside tonight. Mind you, it's ninety degrees and probably about seventy-five percent humidity out there. And there's a guy walking his dog with a mask on. So like, I oh, mean, God. <laughs> if we, if the, there's that, they've brainwashed people to a point where us trying to, you know, not pay taxes, that's going to take a monumental effort. Cause we need, we need a vast majority to make that work because otherwise well, they just round you up and, and, and think about the penalties for tax evasion. That's stiffer yeah. in many cases for violent crimes. Yeah. I mean, but these. Isn't- go ahead. But isn't there like this group of people, and my husband's told me about it a couple of times, where like they basically band together, they pay this lawyer that if one of them gets thrown in jail for not paying the taxes to the IRS, the lawyer then goes in and bails them out, but they never pay taxes. They somehow get away with paying there no ways, income tax loopholes. and things like that, but they like they never pay taxes on anything. And I don't quite know how it works. All I know is there's some lawyer, there's like a group of them, there's like 10 or I don't know. And there's a lawyer that one, every time one of them gets thrown in jail, this pot that they pay into then pays a lawyer, bails them out. The lawyer goes hmm. and says, no, they don't have to pay taxes because X, Y, and Z. And then the person's free. And so they don't pay taxes. That's not it's the same nice. as be- becoming a sovereign individual. Cause a girlfriend of mine was doing that. She took all these classes. I guess it takes a long time and you, I don't really understand it, but you become a sovereign individual and you're I not, don't, I, I don't, Think yeah, so. it's like common law or something like that. Yeah, you just get out of the system. Yep, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard ways. Yeah, but yeah, and you lose all the taxes, privileges though. of the state, though. That's it's, what I wondered. Yeah. Like, is she not going to get? That's the you know, and, Yeah, she's not going to get. Um, I don't know, Medicare or whatever. Probably exactly. not. Exactly. Like that. Would, and who wants? Those... Who wants that anyway? But yeah. Well, like theoretically, <laughs> yeah. like should China invade the U.S., the military wouldn't have to protect her type deal. Like yes yeah and so it's things like that so and like if you're driving you don't have to have a license your car doesn't have to be registered she said that yeah she told me that all all this stuff i have a our friend uh the mad hatter jeff is uh he he's knows a lot about that and he's actually been working Hmm. on it himself it is a growing community there's a lot of people that are looking into getting off the grid it's interesting to the problem is because our government's doing so well so why are, <laughs> why are so many people doing that yeah you know? i wonder what, what's driving people to make these decisions yeah. God, it's so puzzling how do you go out of pink sales tax like if you go to the grocery store like okay grocery store ta- food isn't taxable like clothes let's say you go buy a shirt how do you get out of paying sales tax then you don't shop at stores right okay I mean, that's what okay. i'm saying those that's yeah. where you lose the benefit be a part of the state but like income tax and things like that you would be exempt from because you're not part of it but then again like you wouldn't get your uh wonderful stimulus check that we all got fat and rich off of so and then we got taxed on it yeah (laughs) yeah right oh it's it's unbelievable 
the best part some... was is that the government gave us i got i got divorced in 2020 and the government sent my ex a check that was supposed to be for both of us for um i guess for child it was like a child stimulus child tax credit yep yeah tax credit and so i never got she kept the whole thing and then when it came time to do taxes i got banged because i was supposed to receive it but never got half of it so i had to pay the taxes on top of it so it's like oh man i didn't even get the money and i don't i had to pay taxes on it so it cost me she screwed you over yeah even the taxes have taxes in this country these days (laughs) well you die and you have to pay tax how crazy is that bananas it makes no death tax yeah dude it, it is wild. And, and I know that this is, you know, preaching to the choir and everyone knows this, but if you, so like, let's say, you know, you're, you're getting taxed, Matt, like in a hypothetical situation, you're getting taxed from your day job, right? Like your everyday job, wherever that may be, you're getting taxed weekly or biweekly, right? You're paying that. Now, you, let's say you have a side business, like let's say a podcast and you sell some shirts and you make some money off of those shirts. I, who's also getting taxed, buys one of your shirts, and then you have to pay tax off of that sale later. You have to claim that income. So you're getting taxed already, I think, what is that, five times right there? Mm-hmm. And then if you're making money from, like, let's say you're getting paid uh, you know, for doing the anchor ad reads or whatever the fuck, if you're not, like, accounting for all this stuff, I mean, you're taxed, like, on, from an income tax perspective, you're getting taxed, like, seven or eight times if you just have a side hustle, yep. it's, it's insane. If you really break it down, there's, and, and where, where does that go, man? It's, it's really frustrating, dude. It's and, something and, that gets me heated. And that's why people do their side hustle. It's always cash, right? If yep. you, you can. And that's what I used to do. I used to do uh, baseball training when I was down in Connecticut and I made sure anytime I did anything privately, it was all cash. I didn't want any checks. I didn't want any, you know, Venmo, none, PayPal, none of that shit. And Uncle Sam can't touch cash. And that's part of the reason why they're going so hard at cash, right? They don't want to be able to have those transactions that they don't know about. They want to be able to know every transaction. Track everything. Yeah. I mean, it's already funny money. So it's 100% about control at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they can just, they've already told us, they can just print more at any time. So it's not about the money itself. They'll just rip off another, you know, couple trillion dollars in, in, physical bills so it's not about that it's about like you said andrew where's it going who's got it and who's it going to and why isn't it coming to us the mm-hmm. government yeah i just did a show with a old friend of mine and uh he actually brought up how interesting it is that um you know just the 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 megalith <laughs> that the that the big government you know, taxation, IRS, all that stuff has become, even in our lifetime is, I mean, impressive. It's impressive how much tax there is on everything, everywhere. Well, that, that's the thing. There's got to be a limit on how much this can get taxed. Because like, if, if you're watching that dollar that gets printed from the Fed, and then it goes to like, you know, uh, some big bank. To be borrowed. Some... They print it to borrow it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the sure, but notes, like just the right? idea of following like a dollar bill and seeing how many times that thing gets taxed, it's gotta add up to like being ninety-eight percent of that fucking dollar. Hundred percent. Yep. So it's just weird, you know. I don't know. I'm sure that there's some reason nice that they'll tell us that this makes sense, but I don't know. It's sad, man. It sucks. Babylonian money magic. 
Yeah, because on, on the top, I just checked on the top of the bill, it just says Federal Reserve note, whereas the old currency, I believe, Usury. said, uh, uh, what was gold it? Standard or something, right? Yeah, something like gold that. Where or... you, it was actually backed. These things, like you said, Andrew, is just monopoly money. Well, when, yeah. when bills came out, it was like each bank would have their own note. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, if, if we're living in today's time, like Wells Fargo would have its own paper. It was like a checkbook. Uh, essentially it seems it seems similar right yeah and then you go on uh once the the u.s dollar was agreed upon to be the the reserve currency then it was all just printed out of thin air it was fiat so yeah um yeah it's it's very very weird oh man all right i got something here ryan this is just for you because this is right up your alley my friend and we are going to share. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we right. posted this on Instagram. Yes. So we have <laughs> the strangest food from every state. Now, I don't know about you guys. I've never heard about 50% of this list, but there's some crazy things on here that I wanted to hear if you guys, I mean, some of the stuff, I mean, even up here, I'm looking in, I'm in Massachusetts. A chow mein sandwich is ours. I didn't even know we had that many chow mein in Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the geo duck sounds like a Pokemon, right? The one from Washington. Oh, you know what that is? It's a gooey duck. It looks like a giant cock. Okay, <laughs> it's this. It's this. I bet uh, you like in that. Yeah, oh, I, I've watched uh, Micro did a dirty jobs on it. They are the creepy. They look like giant cocks and they spit. They spit out this liquid. They live in the water. It's the, the if anybody has it, G-E-O duck, gooey duck. Look it up. Hmm. Is that sugar on snow? Is that Vermont or New Hampshire? Sugar on uh, snow. That's Vermont. Vermont. Yeah. Those what is Joe's in Jersey? Jersey in the slot. What is Joe's Arizona? Scorpion lollipops, dog. Oh, <laughs> we have those all day. Hey, what is, a, what is a walking taco? So a walking taco is just like a bag of Doritos or Fritos, and you just Fritos. then put the taco mixings on top, and you can oh. walk with it. Oh, yeah. okay, taco in a bag. All right, yeah, yeah. Okay. A Frito pie. I, I sent one of those uh, scorpion lollipops to my nephews, and I thought they'd like it. My little nephew started crying when he oh. got it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember yeah, as I know, kids, I mean, they had what was it, lollipops with the tequila worm in it mm-hmm. that they oh, right. like Spencer oh, gifts and stuff. And You'd those. Oh, it was nasty. I think it was prepped for 2022. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my uh, my dad has a really funny story of eating the tequila worm one time, and he said that like he was just so fucked up from from doing that. <laughs> the story he tells it so funny, but yeah, no, he was uh, drunk and tripping. I mean, it, it takes in all the toxins, so it's a pretty, pretty tough little deal, I guess. Oh. Have, oh, yeah. have any of you guys ever had biscuits with chocolate gravy? That's an Alabama thing I'm missing out on. Yeah, those cousin fuckers would like that shit. That's weird. <laughs> oh, wow. I love chocolate. I like chocolate in anything, so I probably would like that. Yeah, I'm just thinking about that. I, can... I, I just don't know what chocolate gravy is. I wonder if it's just like <laughs> chocolate syrup or... I can, I can speak chocolate? on the pickle dog f- for Minnesota. The pickle dog is delicious. It's a Minnesota What's a pickle state dog? fair. Oh, it's a pickle. It's literally a hot dog on a stick in a bun with like cream cheese and whatever you want to put on top. But it's literally, literally a pickle on a stick 
in a bun. They how about a hot fair. how about a hot beef sundae from the trash bags in Nebraska or wherever that is? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds disgusting. Or the garbage plate from New York. Garbage plate could be a lot of fun things. That could be just like a um is it like a buffet. Like a, yeah, a bunch of food just thrown onto a plate. Maybe you get some chips. My dad used to call those scrapings, like when you eat tacos and like you're eating the tacos and all the shit falls out at the end. You just scoop all that stuff out with chips. See, that was my favorite part of the taco was the after what was left on the plate. The afterbirth. Yeah, yeah. it's good. But, or some possum pie. Possum pie. I doubt that's possum. What's uh, provolone cheese? What is it? Provolone cheese right above possum pie. Provolone cheese. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that? Hmm. That's Wisconsin, right? No, no that's no, not Wisconsin. Missouri. Uh, Wisconsin. Oh, Missouri. Yeah, my bad. Wisconsin's what's the what's burger. Pennsylvania? I grew up in Pennsylvania, and I can't read it. Scrap- Scrapple. Scrapple. Oh, gosh, what is that? I remember. Scrapple's I like uh, it's a little gooey beef, right? Or a little uh, pork or something. Yeah, I think it's um something like that. I'm gonna look it up. Funny. Are Rocky Mountain oysters uh, oh, testicles? Of some sort? Yeah, yeah. testicles. Yeah. That's where I've heard that before. Nuts. Okay. And then you got uh, <laughs> some fried squirrel in West Virginia. I live there. Gator oh, tail shit. down in Florida. <laughs> gotta get that gator tail. <laughs> and then you get Nutria. You can eat rodent in Louisiana. What is it? South Carolina chitterlings? Yes. Oh, I've heard of those. I don't know what it is. Chitterlings? Yeah. So chitlins is a name for kids in the South, but that's not what that says. Oh. Hopefully not. Yeah, that's Washington D.C.'s I mean, fucking trademark food. I bet. Where is it? Yeah. What is oh, a cotton you know candy burrito? Well, there's some sleepers over there in, in your area of the woods. There oh. we got the sloppy Joe, um, a, a, a cafeteria favorite of mine as a kid. <laughs> that looks like that's. Uh, and guess guess who state that? Guess where that is? That's Delaware. Oh boy. Oh dear. <laughs> Hello, I'm in Delaware. How about a nice cotton candy burrito out there in Sin City? Yeah. Sounds so weird. The uh, California Sushi Rita was inevitable since all the employees at sushi restaurants are of Mexican descent. Hey, that's not a bad thing. You know, there's some... That's it is inevitable. Good. Oh, it's so good. The food is so good out in California. It's ridiculous. Can anyone uh, pronounce Alaska or Hawaii? Octot? That sounds like a Our fucking Kube. member of Hitler's Akutak cabinet. and Ubi? Ube. Ube? I don't, I don't know, know what stuff. that is. I don't know what those are. I couldn't even take a guess. Wikipedia. <laughs> Wikipedia. Oh, it's Alaskan ice cream. Oh. Okay. That's not weird. Okay. It's ice cream potato. Or a jello no, no, salad. That it is... ain't like it's going to melt. I bet a know? jello salad. Well, not, it's not that great, but it's just yeah. where they put the fruit in it. Fruit in it, right? And you put yeah, and sometimes marshmallows. Yeah. yeah. All Dear right. Pacific Northwesterners, what the hell is geoduck? We just talked about that. Is there what talking about? Oh, that, oh. that's the cock. Right. Okay, okay. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, that's a spin <laughs> penis up Jesus. in Washington. Oh, yeah, it looks gnarly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it comes out of a shell and it like flops around. It looks like an alien. Yeah. Hmm. You want to share it, Rye? Sure, I can just do that. I, I was looking on my phone. Yeah, uh, Pacific Geoduck. Um, yeah, man, I, I enjoy talking about this stuff. I've been doing it on that little like sideshow that I'm doing, um, interviewing different podcasters and stuff. 
Um, it makes a lot of sense why Davey has Crohn's disease. If you've heard of his diet. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy <Poor> shit. Guy. <laughs> Fucking so zoodle sandwich. Yeah. Zoodles. Oh, boy. Okay. Zoodles, so, yeah. that, was interest, that was interesting to learn about zoodles. Uh, that's definitely north of the border. Okay. So, yeah, it's like basically, you know, you uh, can you guys see this? Mm-hmm. That is a gooey duck. Oh, and who sees that and thinks, let me eat that thing? Yeah, no, and who was the first person to try that? Yeah, probably a gay man, (laughs) probably. And he ate it. If I can eat it all, what in the (laughs) alien shit not of this world is that? Wow, yeah, look at that. You got a little sack, it's disgusting, man. And it spits, looks like a dick with you can find a video of it spitting, it looks just like a cock. Fuse balls. That's what it looks like. Oh, yeah, dude, I'm hungry. Does it (laughs) swim underwater? Like, yeah, I think it's a sea creature. Yeah, it's they live in water. Oh, Uh, might like it if they put chocolate. A little bit of chocolate might be good. It's like a oysters. (laughs) That's the shack. (laughs) Gooey duck. That's that's a little Asian one. Oh, that's Chris Hart. Yeah, I should have gone my whole life never seeing these pictures. I know. (laughs) I watched Dirty Jobs and I got sucked in. You learn something new every day, every day. Yeah, dude. No, yeah. I wonder what um, what is that animal? The orto ortolan or what the the one where you have to eat in France? You drown it in amaretto and then you you eat it under a cloth. Have you heard of this? And you're supposed to have like a hallucinogenic experience eating it. It's way too fancy for me, man. Yeah, I don't come to fun. I don't eat it. I'll find it. Yeah, sounds interesting. Uh, so you have to eat it under food. a napkin? Like it yeah, why do you have so to hide it? So God can't see the sin. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? That's what they say, dude. I oh, mean, I thought you were joking. I <laughs> I know oh. some weird I know some weird food things. Um French delicacy bird. Oh, I think it's like see. an ortolan. Yeah, an ortolan. Hmm. That's what it is. And it's a it's a weird little thing here. I'll share it with you. <laughs> Um, since we're going down the food route, uh, this is my specialty. So yeah, the ortolan is served in French cuisine, typically cooked and eaten whole. Traditionally, diners cover their heads with their napkin or towel (laughs) while eating the delicacy. The bird is so widely used that its uh, French populations dropped dangerously low leading to laws restricting its use in 1999. Look how small that thing is. They drown the poor bird in alcohol and eat it? Yeah, you drown the bird live in alcohol. Uh, oh, that's horrible. They're cute. Why? It looks fried. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't look. Yeah, you drown it in amaretto. That's so sad. It's such that's a cute a little bird. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting though. I'm trying to find. I'll try and find an image of somebody eating one. It does say this. Diners cover their heads while eating it. Uh, weird like you eat the bones too like i have so many questions right now yeah, yeah. Daily, you eat the bones you eat everything your daily oh. cuisine brought to you by the world economic forum look oh. here we go doesn't this look like some kind of ritual oh my this is some cult shit here uh, right wow. come on it's like That's a shame it. ritual if you yeah if you have to cover your head while eating something you should be ashamed that you're doing it this is exactly <laughs> the shame ritual yeah, it, it is like the, con- yeah. the consumer then places the bird's feet first in their mouth while holding onto the bird's head, and then you is eat that it what whole. it says? Yeah, there's like a it's bunch roasted of for eight there. minutes and then plucked, and then you take the feet first. 
Well, so imagine, imagine you get like some rich girlfriend or boyfriend, right? And then you go, (laughs) they're, they're taking you over to meet their parents and their family. And you walk in, in the middle of them doing this, you know what I mean? And it's like, Oh boy. Time to break up. They've got millions of dollars in the bank and a nice house. And they're about to buy you a house and you walk in and they're doing this. No context. You're like that right there, Ryan is the ultimate eighties setup. You got a beautiful dining room and then a little shitty TV in the corner. Yeah. But it's in the dining room. Yeah. Sweet bar set on the counter in the back too. Yeah, is this that is a legit. Bar set? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they got a nice bar set up and then they throw that little TV in the corner. Like it's the dining room. It's not the living room. That's 80s yeah, style. Barnier too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, dude, was look. Gates. That, that was Gates. Gates. Yeah. Wow. That's oh, Gil, Gil Bates. Wait, what's that red thing in the back? The, the, the drink? I think it's just fruit punch or something else. Adrenochrome Probably blood. Maybe. <laughs> Adrenochrome. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hot That's... line right there. Put in the IV. Let's get young. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Yeah. There's wow, an that, is, that looks like a religious eating experience of sorts. Yeah. Well, then it says you, know, you spit the bones out afterwards, the larger ones. That's what it says. That's what creepy. if you want to eat? Because I can't imagine those bones are too big. <laughs> I mean, they just probably crunch like nothing. Ugh. <sighs> it's like eating a grasshopper. I'm. I don't know. Okay, I can't even eat a chicken wing because the thought of like touching a bone freaks me out. So the thought of eating a whole bird, I'm really, really disturbed right now. Yeah, really? it's like those. What are they? Is it Korea or or China where they eat the duck egg where the duck's alive inside? Oh right. Oh, I don't know, dude. In China, they do some weird things with eggs, man. Have they you heard of like the uh... too? Yeah. What? The puppies in China. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, they I, eat a I'm, lot of shit in China. Boy. I'm not up for the Tell Chinese cuisine. They do the uh the virgin boy eggs. Have you heard of this? I don't know if I want to. Virgin <laughs> you probably boy. don't, but I'm Are gonna they, tell you. The China doesn't sell it. <laughs> no, they take they take like chicken eggs and they soak them in uh 10-year-old boy pee for a long time, and then they eat these eggs. It's a Come it's a on. legitimate. I swear to God, women look why this 10 up? years old. Yeah. What's up? Ryan, do you bring these stories to the table because you know it disgusts <laughs> to his core? No, I'm fascinated by weird food things. I think that there's um there's something to all of these weird foods. Um for whatever reason, like why who who's the psychopath that thought of frying a bird, drowning it in amaretto and frying it and all that stuff? And then also, you know, in a completely different culture, French versus Chinese. Who thought of, you know, soaking eggs in boy piss for a long time? Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, just look at French cuisine. Like, pate is like duck liver mousse. Like, who thought of, <laughs> you know, wow, duck liver mousse. You know, or who's the delicious. first person that ate caviar, right? Who was sitting there sucking yeah. on a surgeon's cock, just saying, <laughs> give me those eggs, you know? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> 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 I, can't, I can't imagine that. Well, so check oh, this man. out. I've got a I've got a nice one to share here. Um, this is the that. boy egg thing. So uh, yeah, virgin- I'm with L. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Virgin boy egg. Yeah. So it's um disgusting. It's a traditional dish. Uh, China oh, it's boiled. Yang. Hmm. Eggs are boiled in the urine of young boys who are presumably peasants, preferably under the age of ten. Um, and preferably translates literally to boy egg. But like, uh, why so, so specific? 
what in the occult ritual? It, it, they said it was prepubescent. This? So we're some apparently something about prepubescent boy pee. I don't even know right now. This sounds very adrenochromy. Right. Oh boy. Like why yeah, is so the children? The dishes... why, why not use your own piss? The world. Is well, people... they crack the egg so it soaks in. Hold on. The urine is sourced locally by each vendor. That's so they have was... urine vendors. So they go around to elementary schools and source the people. <laughs> so the like, kids what do they piss for troughs? It, yeah. They just piss in troughs and go around and collect it. I don't know, man. And that's Dude, I'm I mean, starving right now. I am so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> they said it was a tradition that's been passed down, and it's supposed to promote better blood circulation and reinvigorate the body. Teachers being accustomed to tradition as well offer remind boys not to urinate in the basin if any of them have a fever or feel feel ill. Yeah. Wow. I mean, <laughs> this whole infatuation with young children is disgusting. Yeah, using yeah. them to prolong elders' lives. There's something real twisted about that. Speaking of food, uh, you guys mind uh, if I share a little thing I had about uh, the 2030 uh, global agenda? Sure. With regard to yes, that. please do. Wait, is that's... this where green eggs and hams come from? Look at that egg. <laughs> I don't know, but that's one of the eggs. Oh, weird. I really hope that's not where that comes from. Yeah. Oh, interesting. No, I found this <laughs> yeah, interesting. I just, saw, I just saw Epoch Times put this out. The United Nations 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development informs government policies to restrict farming and transform the food systems in different parts of the world, said Alex Newman, an award-winning international journalist. Uh, the 2030 Agenda is a plan of action devised by the United Nations to achieve 17 sustainable development goals. Uh, and the goals... The goals and the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development are adopted by the UN member states as of 2015. The then Secretary General of the UN, Ban Ki-moon, called the agenda the Global Declaration of Interdependence. Newman said in a recent interview on Epoch Times, in my opinion, it was a direct swipe at our Declaration of Independence. So instead of being independent nations, we will all now become interdependent. The agenda mm. covers every element of human life, every element of the economy, including global wealth redistribution, not only within the nations, but also among the nations, commented Newman. The agenda specifically says that we need to change the way that we consume and produce goods. Mm. Yeah, man. Uh, Matt, you pulled Scary. this up, too, as he's breaking that down. Uh, I was actually looking into this. Um, because I'm expanding more on that Lucius Trust shit, because there's also a temple of understanding that comes out of the whole UN and like the whole spiritual push that yeah. they're doing. And they go over these 17 goals, and all of these goals that you see here are impossible. I mean, every single no poverty. No, I mean, dude, Elon Musk could end poverty within a, a couple of, of, of months, you know what I mean? <laughs> um the the richest people in the world could end poverty in a week if they wanted to immediately yep the the sure. food problems that you see too where's the oh number six the clean water and sanitation that could be taken care of literally within weeks for the entire yeah. world but no let's uh let's fucking push electronic vehicles and shit let's build million dollar you know bombs yeah 
So we're supposed to be the ones that, that, you know, perpetuate this 17 step plan. They're not going to do any of it. Yeah. And what's amazing, Ryan, is we don't, we don't really need to do any of these 17 steps. We need them to participate, to allow us to be able to, to take any action whatsoever, right? If they yeah. contributed and stopped raping and taking, like we talked about taxes before, stop taking all of our tax money and allowed us to do this, we could put forward to this effort, but we're, we're so handcuffed by taxes and everything else. We can't do any of this on our own. And, and they know that. So they say, okay, this is what we're going to do. And they end up perverting it and doing the opposite. There's a, a great site. I don't know if you saw this on there, Matt, but it's called, I think the cabal times. And it's, it, there was a, such a good point from this article that I was reading on that. And it was that all of those problems wouldn't be real if there wasn't a, a serious political elite problem. If well, that's like racism, right? Racism is created by politicians. The whole concept of it. and it's, it's perpetuated. Sure. Right, it's, sure. really, it's, it's really economic, right? The real, the real warfare right now is, is <laughs> economic. It's class status. It's not racial status because there's yeah. a, there are a lot of minorities that are in the upper echelon of the wealth bracket they're not facing any racism or any of this shit that's well, so who was andrew jackson or, or jefferson who said that every 20 years there needs to be a revolution uh in a, in the united states right i, I think it was jefferson that might have said that but i, I mean this right. is this is the problem where government's not necessarily the problem the problem is the powerful government because I could hear people like, you know, our friend Moral Bob being like, that's why anarchy needs to be a thing. No, dude, <laughs> anarchy will not work in a, in a system that we have, like with the amount of people that we have and the amount of, you know, guns that certain people have. Um, anarchy just won't work, in my opinion. Now, I, I'm always down to debate it, but yeah, even if 20 you went, years. Yeah. What's that? I was going to say, even if you went, I just did a whole, I just, I have an episode coming out called Punk Anarchy in the State of the World uh, with an old, uh, punk rocker friend of mine and we talk about anarchy and it's funny that you bring that up because i just did a deep dive on the definition what it means to people how much different like meaning is assigned to the word what the the real world playing out of events would be in the event that we leveled the playing field to that level and started from scratch and uh you're right a power structure and a hierarchy of sorts will always occur organically in some way shape or form there's no getting away from it completely agree yeah, I told Bob when we were having this this back and forth, and I love talking with Bob, and I like arguing with him. He's a fun dude to argue with. Um, he's smart, great guy. Yeah, he's a fun dude to talk with. Even if you're having a conversation with somebody, it could be a friend or it could be somebody that you hate. Someone is controlling that conversation always, right? It doesn't matter if it's, you. like I said, you were a friend, whoever. Someone is always controlling the conversation. There's always a power structure in any situation that you're ever in. And it doesn't matter. I mean, you don't always have to be the one if you're an alpha male or whatever. You don't have to be the one that's always controlling the conversation. You can listen and you can fall in line if like, you know, you're an alpha male and, you're, and your wife's mad at you, right? You should probably fucking listen at that point. Um, and she's, she's, she's controlling that conversation, right? But there's, there's never a 100% equal playing field, ever. Yeah. Nietzsche would say it's a will to power world. All right. I want you guys to check this. I saw this today and found this really interesting. Have you guys heard about the green line test? 
Yes. Yeah. So uh, why isn't the volume working? Okay, here we go. Let me. Uh, <coughs> what is this? The it's green line test. It, yeah, I haven't heard of this. All right, let me just make sure I can get the audio up. Here we you go. You have to share your audio too. There we go. Okay, so this is called the green line test. Shocked by this, but to me, not shocking at all. The green lines, they never lie. They never lie. Yeah. In almost every photo I looked at, almost a, a hundred of them, she tilts away with her head. She never really liked them. The green lines, they never lie. No shock that she cheated on him. Who got cheated on in this relationship? A pretty normal looking dude. Cheated on the hottest girl in the world. Who leaned in the who? Guys. Stop doubting the green line. Wait, so what is okay, the idea Okay, let's talk about the green line test. I'm gonna explain it. This is for those who are wondering why I drew a green line on this photo of Pete and Kim and what it means. Green Line Test was originally created by Rivolino on Twitter. Uh, it essentially is showing who is pulling who in a relationship, like who wears the pants. This body language test wow. is also a relationship test. Uh, it shows whose access is straight and whose is being pulled in. As we can see here, Kim is straight and she is pulling, not literally, but in the relationship, pulling Pete in. This test can be done on anybody. Um, as we can see here, Harry is leaning in, Megan is straight. Here they are here, uh, Prince Harry leaning in, even though he's the prince, and then Megan is straight. This Megan's couple, super hot. based on the green line test, is not gonna work long-term. Green line test doesn't care who you are, how much you bench in the gym. <laughs> uh, this is a world strongman. I think this is Thor, a mountain man from... Okay, let's talk about the green line test. Pretty crazy. Yeah, okay. I mean... The lines aren't even following their bodies, but I like the idea of that. That's a very interesting idea. How old is that theory? I don't know. Well, he said about a decade. Okay. Came yeah. off a twit a guy off Twitter. <laughs> I just I saw it and I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. So I I want to go through some of my old photos and see what it was like because I'd be interested to see if it's true or not. Well, and you, that is cool. Sorry, go ahead, Al. No, no, you even heard the thing where, like, if people are leaning away from somebody when they're in a picture, you know, it's as simple as that. You know, they don't want to be touched or their head is tilted away. And But I've also heard, like, if you're holding hands with somebody, supposedly whoever's thumb is on top wears the pants in the relationship. Mm. So, ah. it, but I don't know how true that is. Huh. It's like a I believe the, the body wars. language, though, for sure. I totally believe in this body language. And my son and I always talk about this and he, he can look at a picture. We both can and say, he'll say, this is not a good relationship just from pictures. It's weird. So, mm. you know, and they say the women should lean in a little more to the man. Like, um, I don't know, but that might be different than that green line. Right. It's, you know, the woman needs to be more into the man and the man, I don't know, but they're saying it opposite. Right. Well, no, no, no. They're saying whoever is leaning in is being pulled in controlled. The one that's the more okay. energy controlling. So if you have really... like more of the alpha male and a female that's more of the feminine in the relationship, a lot of times they say, you know, that's going to be a good relationship. Yeah, so like, I don't know. The like female can be the with... alpha in a relationship. Yeah. yeah. I think it makes it tough though sometimes. That's just my opinion, but I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the man. I don't mean to make, wear the pants old fashioned, but I just think 
women are not happy when they're controlling the man all the time. I just well, think then, then all you my think friends Disney's lying then, right? Because in yes. every Disney show now, the dad is like this bumbling buffoon and the mom is like the strong alpha that controls the family. Think how long they've done that to us. I mean, Disney, I don't dude. know, Tim, the tool man, Taylor, what was that show? Home improvement. You know, home improvement. Home improvement. <laughs> I mean, he was an idiot. Even back to Archie Bunker, you know, yep. he was in the idiot of the family. Everyone made fun of him. So, and they've just emasculated and put down men forever. So. Yeah. One of my favorite shows was Married with Children. And man, yeah, same they, thing. Al Bundy was like the biggest loser on the face of the earth. He lived off his high school glory. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Shoe salesman. Yes. <laughs> oh, Al Bundy was the shit, dude. Yeah. He was the shit. He was such a great character. He scored he four touchdowns to in one game. <laughs> hey, check this out. Check this out. Uh, so I saw this the other day, too. Speaking about uh, tying it back to taxes, Matt. According to the ma this manual, the IRS will resume tax collection within 30 days of a nuclear attack. The manual also, the manual also also states that the staff is to focus on collecting current taxes because the widespread destruction could make it nearly impossible to recover previously owed taxes. No shit, Sherlock. Not to wow. you, but to the manual. Yeah. Does anybody yeah. remember Tower yeah. 7? Yeah. That held a lot of tax document, a lot of documents that disintegrated right. by a nuclear weapon, possibly. And right. supposedly whitewater papers, right? Yeah. Oh, there's also that Oklahoma City rumored. Whitewater was Oklahoma City. Okay. It was the Bush stuff that was in uh, Tower Seven. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I confuse all these things. Yeah. All, all, all it these starts to run together. <laughs> all well, these buildings our minds on things. Did you guys see how there was a paper that came out that saying that uh SSRIs actually don't help depression because it's not actually yep. a bounce in the brain. Yep. And then there was also it's inflammation. Well, and there, then there was also a guy that said um, all the Alzheimer's papers were for 16 years have been perpetuated on a lie because they're just redoing the same digital images. And so now it pokes 16 years of Alzheimer's research into question. Mm. So why now? Why There's are no they money in the cure? The money's in the medicine. Agreed. But if you follow the logic of, okay, if they're saying that 16 years could be a lie for neurobiology, wouldn't, and maybe this would just be being hopeful, wouldn't the average person then go, hmm, what else are they lying about in big pharma? Or am I just being too hopeful here? Nope. You're assuming that people would think, right? <laughs> Most people just do what they're told. Fair enough. That's, that's the problem. And scientists sometimes have to sign like non-disclosure agreements. They can't talk about their research and that's, that's by true. design. I mean, we saw it with the with the jab, right? Pfizer released all those documents, and what came of it? There was a couple news stories, right? Yeah, I mean, on, on our end, people were running up the flagpole with it, saying, "Listen, man, this is all the shit we've been telling you from day one." But yeah. it got no headlines, and guess what? People are going to go get in line for. There's lines waiting for monkeypox boosters. Like, I mean, there's people that won't learn. They're going to just keep doing whatever that black tube tells them to do. I there I have um, this theory about uh, some weird shit, like uh, as far as Alzheimer's goes, because you brought that up and I've been looking into this a little bit. And I think that it's interesting that uh, aluminum is the number one neurotoxic metal that's that's out there and it's found 
like in high high amounts in people's brains that have alzheimer's like especially after they die they'll find that yeah and my grandfather had it yeah man it it sounds horrible it sounds like it's it could potentially be worse than cancer i think if it affected as many people as cancer i mean it would be more um detrimental to like the the fabric of society i think if people if people's mothers and fathers started forgetting who the fuck they were you know what i mean i think that that would be a lot worse than than um cancer honestly yeah but my, anyway. uh, my grandma my grandma had dementia and uh it 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 was very very difficult for my mom to go through watching and you decline. know it's got to be tough Andrew, she took is, it very personally is from tough. their perspective right you don't know if what if they're living in that black hole but in their head they can still everything's normal to them but they can't communicate i mean think yeah. about how torturous that must be yeah quite possible yeah. My mother-in-law had it. And I remember hearing that about aluminum and she used to drink diet Cokes from the minute she got up to bedtime. And I used to think that that might've been it. Well, there's yeah. a really, there's a, a very, very thin layer of plastic in any metal can that you ever get mm. super, super thin. There's like a little process you can do to pull the plastic out. It's weird. I didn't know that. Cause even if you, if you were to like really carefully try and peel a can apart you'll never see that thin layer of plastic but there is a very very thin layer of plastic right. in every kind of aluminum can but they're starting to come out with um pepsico of all companies is coming out with like mainstream like aluminum cups rather than plastic cups because plastic cups cause cancer we're finding out if you drink out of plastic cups all the time like those little red dixie cups and shit so instead yeah. of that they're doing like ball that company ball that makes all the aluminum cans they're doing cups now so like instead of you know and you're supposed to be able to use these things a few times so it's less wasteful and all that bullshit but um think about water is now being sold in aluminum cans like that liquid death they're literally calling it liquid death and i don't know if you've messed around on that website they say that you can either uh throw down one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars to get exclusive merch or, or you can sell your soul so you can do either one to go on liquid death. Yeah, it's a weird website. I see you making a face. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll pull their weird side up. It's fucking insane. It doesn't so sound enticing, Al. I mean, come on. It's just your soul. I mean, what? No, but even then, it going back to like, you know, what you eat and what you drink and what you consume, whether that's in your, you know, audibly or, you know, consuming actual foods. Why would you want to drink something that's called liquid death? Well, like, it's, it's a, it's a cool marketing campaign. I will. I mean, it, it is, it's because the guy and it's a wholesome story behind it on the surface, they say that, you know, the reason that the guy created this, he's a sober dude and he wanted to have something that he could drink that wouldn't look like that would look like alcohol, but it's not right. So it, it's, it's geniusly done. Um, it, the, the art on the can is cool and the art on the boxes are cool. But if you look right here, it says sell your soul, right? So you click that and it'll take you to Oh, devil horns. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yes. Yeah, so pay cash. Where's the cash value? Right there. Pay cash and oh, pay cash instead. Um, yeah. 50 bucks. How much? It says uh oh, when you spend 50 bucks on so that. is it just like a funny, they're trying to be like you know a joke it, it's like satire i don't yeah. know so but i don't want to find out i don't either 000. i don't like it 
I'm not no. going to drink Spelling. it. Spelling. <laughs> 125,000 or you can sell your soul and you can get the access to their exclusive merch. Oh, creepy. Yeah. So it's up to you if you want to fuck with that. But that's yeah, weird. You're right there. Your horns, bro. Sorry. Sweet face, bro. Death saves. <laughs> yeah. That's what yeah. a shirt says. Like, weird. That guy definitely oh, works for the CIA. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, there's some weird, <laughs> weird things that are coming out, like weird marketing campaigns. And the podcast game was like completely taken over by that liquid death. Like Tim Dillon was drinking it. All kinds of huge shows were like, I think on the low sponsored by these people. Oh, of course. And, you know, because they never did an ad read or anything, but you'd see them always drinking their liquid death. So you think they sold their souls to get some money? <laughs> oh, sure. I think all these people do, man. I think a lot yeah. of, I mean, a, a lot of people that I even, I mean, I, I listen to Tim Dillon all the time. I think he's hilarious, but yeah, no, I, I don't idolize these people. I just, uh, I think anyone, once they get up to a certain point seems to be corrupted. Yeah. Would it, would it surprise anyone here if anyone of any fame or notoriety did shady things to get there? Not at all. I mean, it seems to be the only way. It doesn't seem like it seems like those who aren't willing bow out, you know, or get pushed aside and and kind of flame out or suicided. Well, yeah, those, they're <laughs> the but those are the ones usually who back out and then talk, right? Yeah. If you just fade into the into the sunset, they usually let you go. They don't have a problem with it. But if you're gonna you know, then run your mouth afterwards. That's when you're, yeah, you're going to end up with a red string around your neck. Well, what happens with people like Britney Spears? You know what I mean? The shit that she's doing is. I think that's part of the show. I don't think that's her in her. Um, I heard no. she has a body double and it's there's, her, it's her body double. There's no way that's her. Yeah, no. It's they spreading her ass open totally. on Instagram. Well, that's like, uh, I was just before this, I was watching uh, Jimmy Dore. <laughs> And he was talking about Brad Pitt and you look at like normal pictures of Brad Pitt. Then I guess he's on the new cover of GQ and it looks like, like a corpse or a guy wearing a Brad Pitt mask. Cause it looks nothing like weird. It, it's so strange. <laughs> well, they must, they own your name, you know, they own your image and everything. And I don't know, they do whatever they want. Okay, maybe so. it's AI. This person does not exist. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many different who knows what technology is available to those people man freaky shit yeah they're so weird i don't know and and it's all <laughs> and, and what you start seeing though is it's there's numbers involved too right that's the other thing is they they do a lot of this stuff by numbers dates are important you know windows and astrology and all that stuff mm -hmm. so weird yeah. 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 Well, the numerology is interesting. At what point do you stop reading into it? Because I've seen the people who become like obsessed with gematria and they mm -hmm. can read into any little thing. And I'm like, okay, there's coincidences and then there's you're just reaching. So it's this fine line for me of, yeah, maybe there's something there. And then no, you're just reaching because you're trying to do something. He looks oh, yeah. Dead. He looks super weird. He looks dead. Yeah. Looks like he's got a, a lot of work or his some shitty makeup artist. Yeah. Job. Yeah. It's like almost like he has a mask on over his normal uh -huh. face. Like the skin is looks like no Biden, dude. Looks like Biden's mask. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. Well, look at all the symbolism here. I mean, you've got a lizard over his chest. That's not on his heart side, right? You got the... No, that's his right side. That's but it's... the other side, yeah. So he's got a lizard. What's that necklace? Can we see that necklace close up or no? It's going to get blurry. Um, it's a globe. It's so creepy. Looks like. looks like Val Kilmer. <laughs> yeah, it's like face off. And yeah. he just looks like an AI guy, like you said. Like that's what they're trying to push. Yeah, I mean, look at those eyes. Transhumanism. It almost looks like he's dead, and they like painted the eyes on him. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what? I think his Creepy. eyes are closed. Like it almost looks like oh. his eyes are closed, and they painted them on. Yeah. That, oh, that yeah. is what it is. Dude. Good Dude, catch. Weird. That's a good call, out. I yeah. Know. I wouldn't have seen that. Yeah, because he's dreaming. It opens so up about weird. his dream world, so his eyes are closed, but they're open. <laughs> hmm. So that's some weird occult shit, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Whoa, all weird these days. Fucking. <sighs> that's why I laugh. Now. Like, I, I watched, um, I've been, I, date, I did uh, Amit's podcast uh, last week, Amit's Corner, and he, he Man, this dude, I love his show because he starts asking like, you know, questions you don't think about anymore. Like, what are your what, what are your top three movies? You know, what are your top three TV shows? And I got stumped on the movies because I'm like, man, I could name about 10,000. So I started going through some old movies again. I came across American Beauty and I was like, oh, I got to watch this because I haven't watched it since it came out. And holy shit, it is just twisted even more so than I remembered. And you get into like, even the main character, you know, Kevin Spacey's character, his name's Lester, right? And he's going after a little, uh, a teenage girl, supposedly. And neighbor, her, her name is Angela. He didn't have to act too much for that role. No. Yeah, really. No. Except, Except it would he, be the, he pulled back. It would be the young boy. Yeah, it would be yeah, the young boy and for him. Be, yeah. He's a sick dude, man. He is, is sick. sick. AF, yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, you know, kind of. That's what I was getting at. Is I, I mean, you look at all of his roles, and they're creepy, man. There were some. He's every time I see his movies weird. now, I'm like, wow, makes sense. I'm sorry, who is this man? I missed Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was watch the him Usual or... Suspects again. Yep. That's you one where you're just like, what, dude? You're a creeper, bro. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he was getting. He was supposed to go to trial with all these young guys that said that he abused them or something and they all one by one mysteriously died did you see that that was in the u.s cars it's like straight out of house of cards something happened yeah exactly but now i think there's one in britain going on with him so you know he's been to island too that's gross oh yeah He's I'll say somebody said, sorry, somebody said that they kicked him off of um, they wouldn't even let him on Epstein Island because he was where, where did I hear that? Because he was so like violent or something horrible. They wouldn't even let him on there. So what does that tell you? I thought that was Tom yeah, Hanks. That. I, I've heard oh, I believe Tom yeah. Hanks, too, but I definitely heard him, too. <laughs> the Tom <laughs> Hanks thing still is funny to me. As dark as that sounds, I think it's so funny that he is like this psychopath. I, I, I cannot, yeah, I cannot 100%. picture Tom Hanks getting violent. Like I, even the, the <laughs> you see the video, like when it, they they supposedly tripped his wife. Um, oh, yeah, and he's I like, back that. the fuck up, guys. Like I, I, I couldn't even take him seriously then. Like it was, it was back Mr. up. Rob. How he talks, like when yeah. He goes, 
Like he when he's like, yelling, who is he in fucking Toy Story? He's Woody, right? Yeah. When yeah. he's yelling, it's like that's how I picture <laughs> him yelling when he's like going crazy. And it's like it could be the darkest situation, like some really horrible stuff. I would just picture Woody screaming, dude. It's so weird. <laughs> I don't I don't get that. I mean, it's funny. When do you separate the art from the artist in those situations? Because I think Kevin Spacey is a fucking phenomenal actor and I'll still watch his movies and I'll be like, dude, this guy's sick. That's what's I, creepy. Like yeah, the best actors are like sort right. of sick a little bit. Same with musicians. Same right? thing. I mean, yeah. you look at those big bands. They were some of the sickest bastards out there. For sure. I mean, they, they're all sick, dude. I think like, uh, I mean, dude, Johnny Depp has been made out to look like a sweet little angel lately. And that guy is a sick fuck. You can tell. He has like a yeah. He has a pedophile um, tattoo on his hand or, or on his arm or something. And he Does was he best really? friends with Marilyn Manson. Those and yeah. he's sick. No. Yeah, Kim's got a weird story. Yeah. She lived in um, in L.A. and she was you know hanging out with with them at one point, Marilyn Manson and and uh, fucking Johnny Depp. And no way. Wow. Yeah, I guess she drank absinthe with him one time. And it's yeah, there's some weird dudes. Very, very strange guys. So So what was the scoop? Do you have any good scoop? Uh maybe she'll tell it sometime. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. Yeah, Mar- Marilyn Manson, I guess, was pretty obsessed with her, according to her. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I don't know how real any of this is, but that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, she's gotten like she yeah. said something. I guess his name is like Brian Warner or something. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, she's she's talked about him a lot and yeah, sounds like some fucking weird, 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 weird dudes for sure. But yeah, um, I, uh, 100, 100 years ago, uh, I met Marilyn Manson at a club called The Abyss in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And I could not believe how tall this guy is. He's huge. He's like six four, six five. Like I was like, holy shit. He's a big dude. Yeah, super imposing and, and really uh, just willing to, you know, he's he's kind of been propped up um really mediocre musician in my opinion but you know <laughs> been able to to rise through the ranks of of hollywood and all that shit but i mean like so a that's... shock jock almost oh yeah. yeah i mean one of the one of the first really effective ones right yeah. because the the conservatives were censoring him big time and i don't know man yeah it's interesting though like so i'll, I'll still love um you know kevin spacey movies and i'll still love um a lot of these sick people's movies but so i don't know if that's yeah. me just like being too uh you know lax on these people or no, if can separate you're appreciating the, art, the art for what it is it's like i mean how many people love michael jackson music you know what i mean same argument it's like where do, you know where do you separate the acts of the individual from the art stuff mm-hmm. and roman polanski right. woody allen right oh yeah the list goes on and on yeah. That's why I don't watch anything. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you don't want to give them credit? No, it just creeps to me. I have trouble watching some of these actors, just all of it. You know, subliminal, they're trying to freaking brainwash you the whole time. I hate it. Well, I yeah, watch it. It's not only the shows anymore. <laughs> now it's the commercials more so. Yeah. You know, like I saw a commercial the other day. I think it was for Gillette like aimed at young girls about pubes about shaving their pubes and it was like hashtag no pubes or something like that i don't know it's the weirdest campaign ever i mean see that's the thing man with this whole yeah we need more attacks on body image that's what we need 
great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and worry about pubic hair, right? I mean, come on. That's the push with this whole this whole like it modernist is. thing. It's the, the postmodernism stuff. That I mean, dude, if you think it's weird now, man, wait for two, three, four years from now. It is going mm-hmm. to be literally pedophile, like direct pedophile references, if that's not pedophilia enough for you. I mean, that's the whole that's the whole curse of being tolerant, man. And you know, I've I've talked about this many times, like the whole gay push. Like, I'm fine with gay people because I grew up in the 90s. But I think that that was the the slow burn for culture. You know what I mean? Is is just being so accepting. And I again, I genuinely have nothing against gay people. But if I was born 40, 50, 60 years ago, maybe I would, you know, because that's kind of the way that culture was. Um, I don't know. I, I know that that gets people a little sensitive to talk about those kinds of things. But and, and there's some serious science to show that you know more people are are becoming homosexual and all these other things because of chemicals that are put in water and food and all this shit but man um it seems to not happen in saudi arabia too much and it seems to not happen in some of these places that our u.s government bends the fucking knee to but um it also tends not to happen i agree chemicals are part of it um but i also heard a theory uh not saying 100% believe it, not saying I don't, but the vaccines have that's what I was thinking. DNA from male yep. and female in there, and that gets integrated. It's not totally removed in the manufacturing process. And right. so that has an effect. And if you're putting male, let's take a female, if you're putting male DNA right. in a babe, female baby or prepubescent girl, what or, are you yeah. going to do? Right. And then, See, you know, you add in the aluminum and everything else in there and it just, it makes you wonder. And then you compound all the chemicals and I don't know. The world is a petri and, dish. And the, and the number of vaccinations that young children have to take, yes. you know, I mean, yes. it just adds Out up. It's cumulative. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, here, well, before we go, I'm, we'll take a look at this wonderful ad campaign. So for pubes. Hi, by Venus. I'm a pubic hair. Oh. Yeah, I'm just a pube, and it's not fair. <laughs> All I ever wished to be was just another hair. But when they got one look at me, the ruling from society was ill. Showing perfect skin and shiny hair But what about this other world Inside your underwear It's okay to say your name You really can see pubic No need to be ashamed It's even kind of therapeutic Why the mass hysteria about the pubic area There's nothing diabolical About this little follicle So take care of your hair on board fully <laughs> dude it's unbelievable and they use like the disney you know mo of it and everything it's like the disney theme to the music it sounded like yeah, you know something straight out of a disney movie it's like what the f- oh. also Ames- let's shave and then put a bunch of chemicals in an open wound awesome a yeah. oh, good point yeah 
Don't shave your pubes. It's <laughs> stuck in my head now. Is that is that let it grow? Let it grow. Let it grow. Yeah. I mean, think. Yeah. It was definitely. I mean, with the colors and the the song. Venus and, is the women's side of Gillette. Yeah. Venus, oh yeah, I know. But so my thing is, um, the the childrenification of women now and men really. I'm wondering if that's like directly, like targeted towards like you know 17 and under or whatever you I know because th- I, I mean it very well could be like all women because like there's fucking women my age that's goal it is to get married in fucking disneyland dude you know so i mean there's there people that are my age that are very very immature and it's not just like one out of ten it's like 80 percent of people are very very immature so i don't know i i admit i like cartoons i mean i still will sometimes go back and watch like old childhood cartoons um I don't know. It's something with our culture, dude. I, so, you know, that's just a thought. I don't know if that's targeting little kids or not. Whether it was meant to or like, I feel like it's meant to is the point though, because mm. it is that fun Broadway-esque Disney style. It's in a cartoon form and it had like different color, little curly cues. And like, <laughs> I'm all about. It's entertaining. Know, yeah. It's entertaining. And I'm all about to an extent, as long as you're healthy accepting your body the way that it is okay i understand everyone looks a little bit different and i'm totally fine with that but it gets to a point if you're obese and you're unhealthy then you should probably get some help and it's not pretty anymore you're being unhealthy yep i'm not saying everyone has to be a stick figure but be healthy about it and this so i'm all about accepting bodies the way that they are but this was just disturbing it is weird. it's just sharing too much with young kids i mean I'm older than you guys. So, I mean, we didn't talk about stuff like that. I mean, a lot of stuff, you know, and it kept your morals and values a little more. And I mean, you were private about stuff and they, you know, put the stuff out for kids at such young age. I mean, we didn't talk about pubic hairs when we were, I mean, maybe with some girlfriends, but you didn't have cartoons about it. You didn't have commercials. I even right. talk about it with my mom. You know, you didn't really talk about periods. Uh, you know, oh. it's good that we talk about some things, but this is just, this is crazy. It went over the top. Agreed. It's it's very weird. Was that shown on TV or where was that shown? Because I'm curious. Yeah, I like- saw it. I actually saw it on TV when I was down in Connecticut this week because I don't have Seems cable. Like an ad campaign, I don't yeah. see commercials. And all of a sudden I heard it. I heard this like song out of the corner of my eye and, and my, my son's laughing. He goes, dad, look, it's about pubes. I'm like, what? Like, what are you watching? And he's like, oh, it's just a commercial on TV. Cause I thought he was in some YouTube video, but no, it was on regular TV. It's a Venus ad. Well, so I mean, like, yeah, I, I think it's the same shit that's been going on forever, dude, honestly, but it's just different. Cause like you have in the eighties, you have these bands like Motley Crue, like they're, sh- they're wearing their, there's no shirt that the dudes are wearing and they're wearing their jeans so low that their pubes are sticking out. Yep. And you don't think girls aren't noticing that shit, dude. You know, like everyone, I don't know the, it, it's interesting to talk about this stuff and try to push back on it. Cause I, right away I would agree that, yeah, no kids shouldn't be talking about pubes, but I think that they've always kind of known what they are. And it's just more of a different representation of, of um, marketing for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. And I just don't see why, why is it important? You know, it's not, it, it yeah. shouldn't be. Absolutely but not. Like, again, it's, it's trying to sell a product. Yeah. It's a, a retarded marketing campaign. Like I don't understand <laughs> marketing these days. Like they it's, market but it's putting- well, psychologists, you know, the, the, there's a reason why psychologists work for ad agencies. Exactly. You know what I mean? 
Time There's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it, it, it's interesting how they're changing it, and it is becoming more in your face, but so is everything these days. Every single thing. You know, racism is more in your face. Politics is more in your face. And unfortunately, it seems like pubes are more in our face now, too. So it's, it's, just, it's weird. It's not cool. I'm not saying it's good. I just think that that's just the, the way that the world is, man. And, and no one, you know, generations before us didn't stop it. Um, realistically, we're not going to stop it. We See, can talk I think about it. Would, it. I think it's all done on purpose. I really do. Oh, yeah. So. Like Ryan said, it's Tavistock generated. That, exactly. I was yeah. thinking Tavistock. And it's to take down our moral values corrupt the children i mean it's just everything but i so, think that's exactly why you see so many people now wanting to homeschool and exactly. saying they want to go live off grid and you know taking tablets away from their kids and right. encouraging them just to be outside because it's getting to a point i think for a lot of people where they can't accept this for their kids anymore you know there's nothing wrong right. with talking about those things with your kids but they shouldn't learn it about a commercial on tv right like and that's the and thing in is school sex and in school schools, and all this shit and things yeah. like that i mean i remember when my first husband uh his daughter came home and she was like in third grade and i'm brushing my hair and in a mirror so i can i'm looking in the mirror but i can see her and she goes ellie what's a pussy and i was like i almost choked i'm like Ooh. you're nine <laughs> i was like and but she didn't know so i'm like where'd you hear that a boy on the bus said it what's cock what's this what and i'm like dear lord you're nine yep but it's a little different hearing it little shits on the bus yeah yeah it's a little different hearing it from other kids you whisper and stuff but hearing it in school or on commercials i mean that's that's but that, that boy knew what it was and was like trying to show her physically what it was yeah. oh damn oh, yeah. and okay. she was That's... smart enough to say no i don't want to know and wow. came home and asked but i'm like you're in third grade yeah. You know, that's, that's I, I, I talk about Black Mirror a lot on my show. There's a really good episode where this mom is trying to overly shield her kid from what's going on in the world around her. And um, she she ends up like finding out all this crazy shit from friends because they don't want to send her to school to learn about it. And yeah, obviously, Black Mirror is is state propaganda. It's through Netflix, Sidmund Freud and you know, all these people that are connected to Netflix. But I think that it's very interesting, the idea that if you overly shelter somebody and then they get put out in the world, they're going to learn this stuff. And I think that the like Shannon, my buddy Shannon says that if you just have a good connection with your kid and you and you you demonstrate that you have the the real authority in their life until they're old enough to fucking decide for themselves, you know, they're going to learn some weird stuff out in this world, right? It doesn't, if they're going to not be self-isolated, um, I, I think homeschooling is cool, but especially in the YouTube not, digital world. Yeah. I mean, but the more screens often are not, just dude, these yeah. homeschooled kids. They turn out fucking weird sometimes, man, more often than not, because they don't have any social interaction with like different people, people from different economic backgrounds. I think just have a good connection with your kids and I don't have kids. So I'm, I'm speaking out of line here. Um, I don't know how difficult it is to have a kid, but um, I have heard from people that have kids that think similarly to, to me, just have a connection with them and let them go out there and experience the, this crazy world that they're going to live in for the rest of their life. And then, you know, 
just just like be there for him. I don't know, man. You know, it's it's so hard. So I don't have kids. You know, it's so hard. It seems terrifying. But um, man, yeah, it's 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 crazy. I don't think that there's yeah, any I've easy always, answer. I've always thought about um, what it must be like to be young and in like you know grade school, high school, middle school years in this hyper-connected social media world like i didn't have that when i was growing up i can't imagine because you just you can't get away from the ridicule like someone's always there's always a notification telling you that you're a piece of shit from somebody Mm -hmm. you know and it's like no wonder these kids lose it and start shooting up the schools it's like it's 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 a mental health problem that is growing at a very early age it's starting very very early on in these kids lives and no, I don't hear enough people talking about it. I think it's a huge, huge part of that problem. Well, even adults, you know, you play, you go on Instagram and people are only showcasing the best parts of their life or Facebook or whatever social media platform. And you then start to think as you scroll through there, oh, well, I should be on vacation. Oh, I wish I was this. And oh, I wish I was that. And oh, I mm-hmm. wish I had 12 chickens instead of six. And oh, I wish I was in Bermuda. Or I wish, I wish, I wish. Instead of being grateful for what you have. Mm-hmm. And as adults, some adults are able to separate that and go, okay, and back away from that and say, okay, I'm grateful for what I have. But a lot of people can't, and especially kids, because yep. they want to be the YouTube stars. They want to be famous. They want to be all those things. And it's always in their face. L, you are spot on. And I know it firsthand because my son is, he, he loves video games. He loves YouTube. And that combination is lethal these days because what he does is he goes on and he watches obviously the best in the world. And then he tries to do it on his end and gets frustrated because he can't do what they did or, or they're able to get things that he can't. And he, you know, it's like, buddy, hold on a second. Let's take a step back. Now, why are you comparing yourself to that guy just because he's on the TV? Does that make him better than you? And he's like, no. And so we have to walk through this whole dance to make sure that he understands that, listen, the TV isn't real. You know, what you see in there isn't real life. What real life is what's right in front of you, what you can touch, what you can taste, see. Everything else is just fantasy land. So focus on what's in front of you and, 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 and the things like that. And then worry about bigger pictures because that's what these kids, the problem with these kids is they're so lost. They have no guidance. They have no direction. And there's such an overwhelming abundance of bad guidance out there from the YouTubes and stuff that makes screens are intrusive. It's become intrusive. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I I mean, as a parent, that's my most challenging thing is I, and and especially in my situation, because I'm co-parenting. So I only see him half of the time. And so I have to really focus on understanding what is he consuming when he's not around or when he's with me as well and and weigh that and balance that out to make sure he's not getting into too much of the wrong thing at a young age you know and there's some kids at this age that have no guidance whatsoever and it's sad because at nine and ten years old you can already see where it's going and it's not going well I mean they're you know, pushing 150 pounds already. They don't, they can barely compete in sports and do gym class. And they, 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 as soon as they get home from school, they go in the electronics and they're eating junk food and drinking soda. And the parents are just like, yeah, it is. That's, that's him. Yeah. 
It's a big responsibility. Oh it's yeah. Responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Too much at times, but Hey, once you, once you take it on, there's no going back, you know? Oh yeah. I have three sons and I, I love being a mom. So, but I raised them and they were different, you know, it was different times in the nineties. So. Yeah. I was but, a nineties kid. So I know. First oh yeah. Time, well, my, yeah. my glory days were the nineties high school, you know, middle school, yeah. high school, all that time. So oof. different time. It was. Oh it guys, was. this has been great. Uh, I can't believe we've almost gone two hours already. This is amazing. So uh, why don't we go around and if anybody has any final words or wants to uh, push anything, feel free. And uh, I just want to thank you all for, for doing it. So we'll go around on, on my screen. I got, Andrew, I got you first up here. Yeah, always a pleasure. I love meeting new people. Nice to meet everybody. Uh, love the show. Uh, if you want to check out my podcast, politics and punk rock podcast.com. I'm on all your favorite podcatchers. Um, if you want to email me, uh, Andrew for America, 1984 at gmail.com. Uh, yeah. Come give us a listen. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, my friend. You're always welcome. Uh, L. Thank you for joining us. I'm so happy you were able to make it. Yeah, I'm, I had a lot of fun. I wasn't quite sure what to expect. You know, I've listened to these episodes, but it's always different participating. Uh, so thank you guys for having me. It was nice to meet you, Leslie and Andrew and Ryan. Uh, Matt, actually, your episode on my podcast comes out this Wednesday. Nice. So my podcast is called the Speed Bumps Podcast. And I just talk to people about the things that they've experienced. It doesn't have to be traumatic and you know, it can be about starting a homestead. It can be about homeschooling your kids. It can, whatever you want it to be about just the speed bumps in your life. And on Instagram, I'm speed.bumps.podcast or one O-N-E thumb E-L. Cause as Ryan asked me before we started recording, I only have one thumb. <laughs> L, thank you so much. Thank this you. is great. Leslie, thank you yes. so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Matt. I love this. I love this. I'm not a podcaster, but I'm a lover of podcasts. So it was great meeting you guys. And it was great. I loved it. Well, thanks for joining. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Always fun to meet new. And I love having non-podcasters on here too, because we get stuck in our little echo chamber every now and then. So for sure. having a, having <laughs> a fresh voice and a fresh face is great. So thank you. And you're welcome back anytime. Thanks. Ryan, what do we got this week, my man? Not much new, man. Just, uh, you know, it's always like I, you know, we both say this Monday is always like our favorite night of the week just because we get to talk with new people. Uh, this is my first time meeting Al, and it was really nice talking with you and getting the your perspective on things. And definitely going to check out your podcast because speed bumps in life are relatable to everybody. So that's pretty dope. I like that idea for sure. <laughs> Um, and yeah, you know, thanks to Leslie just for, for popping on because, uh, I think it would be kind of cool, like more often than not to have someone that isn't in podcasting just to like get their ideas out there. It makes it fun for the listeners and shit, I think. Um, and yeah, man, it's, uh, it's cool. Andrew, I met you, you know, we always have fun talking, dude. I love, I love talking with you. So, um, love yeah, it. just, uh, same old shit, dude. Same stuff over here. I will say, um, I think that things are getting so crazy lately because 
um, you know, our governments are failing and everything is looking so blatantly obvious to people like us and it'll become obvious to people that don't agree with us in the very near future how shitty things are because they want to push us into the arms of the United Nations and the World Economic Forum and things like that. These people are going to come to, quote unquote, save us when our governments fail us. So, um, you know, pay attention. I think, um, you know, anytime that you're dead set on an answer, kind of like Andrew alluded to earlier, challenge that idea. I think that that's really important. So um, with that, yeah, being because said, what you're going to do is, Ryan, one of the things I like to do is what is the story that's being presented now? Take the opposite approach. Look at that side. And then the truth is probably somewhere in between. There's two sides to every story and the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Well, there's three sides to every story, right? There's there's the one side, the other side and then, you know, the truth. So, yeah, exactly what you said. So, I mean, there's. um there was something else I wanted to say. I, I forgot exactly what it was, but you know, it's, uh, it's crazy the way that things are, are moving and, you know, we're just going to see what happens, man. There's nothing we can do about it really because uh, people don't even want to take the small step of not paying taxes for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, that's like <laughs> the scariest thing to people for some reason, but it's uh, amazing. We revolted over what 3% tax on tea. <laughs> and, and now we're up to like, 35 percent tax uh, you know it's like that propaganda yeah, we'll is it. effective Oof. we've gotten soft people we've gotten soft and yeah. uh you know hard times have made weak men and you're seeing them right now oh there's the weak men weak. like so. i said before i saw a guy wearing a mask walking his dog outside in 90 degree heat yeah and you I know think what? i said that I want... backwards easy times have made weak men so yeah that's what i meant but yeah, I, wa I wanted to comment. I wanted to comment on that earlier too. When we we're talking about humility, the alpha male is like the true masculine energy. The true alpha male understands humility, and you know it goes back to what Jordan Peterson always says: like, you know, are you peaceful? Or are you harmless? You know what I mean? Like, you have to have it under voluntary control. You have to, you know, look out for the best interest of the whole. Uh, you know, don't attack men. We need men. That's all I wanted to say about hundred <laughs> percent. We need good men. Good men. Why we are yes. where we are. Yeah. Yeah. Man, destroy so yeah. the ego and strive to be proven wrong. Yes. You'll learn. You'll become a better person. Excellent. Yeah. It's okay to be wrong. Matt, what about you? Uh, the usual great deception podcast everywhere. Instagram, YouTube, Patreon. Uh, you can go check out the merch store. Uh, which there's a link in my Instagram. So all the same stuff, nothing changed. So everyone, thank you so much. Stay strong and question everything. Ooh.